What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk, episode 148 of Knife Talk. And for those who don't know, you all know you're listening anyway. For those who don't know, this is the podcast for knife makers, anybody with an interest in knives. We go live every Monday morning with a brand new show. And it's myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, and Mareko Marmasi of Marmasi Fire Arts. And we're here for you every single Monday morning. So, guys, how are things? It's been a bit of a week, bit of a week here, which I'll go into in just a sec. What about you, Jeff? Great. I mean, it was busy. We had, we're actually uh, on Monday when this episode drops. It's it's Labor Day in the United States, so it's kind of a it's a national holiday off. It's also it you know for for you know the labor movement and stuff like that in the beginning, but now it's like the kind of the it's the marking of the ending of summer. Uh-huh. So yes. I. I kind of kick my own ass to like work double hard this week so I could take Monday off because my my kids gonna be home and well my kids home and school <laughs> the school started this past week and my kid is doing uh uh hybrid learning that means we've signed up for her to work at uh work out of her work out of her home work out of our home and then at a certain uh in a month or a few weeks at least she's going to be alternating with some of her classmates to go to school half the time right yeah yeah so your your post of her with the big middle finger up (laughs) yeah i took that down and and i'll tell you it was interesting because no it's no 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 problem actually is interesting to talk about so you know the funny thing is especially in the united states when the first day of school happens especially with social media people usually you know the parents take pictures of their kids with the chalkboard saying first day of this first day of that and we did that too you know it was kind of neat to tradition of taking you know usually we would walk my kid to school and on the first day and it was just always just great and and then but this year it's just like so <laughs> she's going to be doing the first three weeks at home on her computer and then in the after you know three weeks they're going to do like i said 
you know, half the classes are going to come Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday, they're all going to be working from home, so the teachers can catch up. And then Thursday and Friday, the other the other half of the school is going to be going to school. So Lila's going to be going to school Monday and Tuesdays <laughs> in the, until we can figure this out. And I have no idea. But it's it, the whole thing is it's a fucking disaster. <laughs> Stem to stern. The teachers are pissed. The principal's pissed. The school and the parents don't know what the fuck to do. It's all a disaster. So I thought that we were walking, uh, my kid, and I was just like, you know, I see all these, these parents taking pictures of their kid. I said, Hillary, it would be funny if you just take the picture of the kid sitting at the at the desk with the finger because it's like, that's what this is. <laughs> so she took this awesome picture of Lila with, you're going to give him the bird. And I told her, there's, they, you know that there is a correct way to give the finger and a non-correct way. I don't know if you know that or not. But um, the correct way to give the finger is you make a fist and then you kind of flick the finger, the middle finger up. Your the rest of your fingers, in the proper fuck you finger, should be in a fist position so yes. you can see it from across the street. None this West Coast up. ninja shit yeah. is bo- yeah. is is you can't see if you can't see it from across the street. It's like you're not even doing it. So Lyle and I have always had these like conversations. Like yeah, if you're gonna give the finger, you gotta make sure they know it from a distance. So you make a fist and then you do the switchblade finger, middle finger. So she gave the finger to Hillary. It was a great picture. And she sent it to me. I was like, I want to post this. And it was it was funny, but at the same time, it was like, I liked it. She gave me permission. Hillary said it was okay. Kids said it was okay. And then I started getting messages from her former teachers. Like, you know, this is kind of, well, you know, I'm just, this makes me sad. And I was just like, oh, this makes you sad? I follow you on Instagram. Day drinking t- art teacher? I understand. Just relax. <laughs> just relax. I, trust me. I know all about what you do on your days off. Don't be upset. Don't be so I was upset. more offended that she didn't hide the dock on her Mac. I know. You're That's cr- far more right, We got to go into that me. because that, I, I, don't, I didn't understand it all. So after a while of thinking about it, and people were just like, I understand, I agree, I agree, this whole thing sucks. I was just like, Ugh. I started to think, is this, am I going to be, am I being counterproductive to her beginning of school? I mean, I'm doing all this work with it. We, we raised all this money and all these kids are getting max um, computers and it's very positive. Am I being counterintuitive to the positivity going on? And I thought, I'll just take the fucking thing down. It's just like, it's just counterintuitive. And I didn't, and I also was like, is Hillary, is, is kid, and all of her friends are commentating and they're all, you know, yeah, go Lila, you know, fuck you. And it was like, <laughs> I was like, this is counter predict, this is counterproductive yeah. to a positive year. So I just took the whole goddamn thing down. So that's yeah, the story that's of that. Yeah. But other than that, it's been crazy. And the last thing is, is thank you, Craig Lockwood, for sending me that block of Perspex, which apparently is acrylic. Yes. Because it's just it, a brand name of acrylic, I think. Oh, well, it was great. It, 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 it was very fragile, but it, the colors, popped i made this knife and i kept it for myself to kind of just i was fucking around with belt grinds and i was also fucking around with um different things was it that dark side of the moon handle well yeah it wasn't meant to be dark i I had done dark side of the moon handle if now if the liners were white then it would be real dark side of the moon but but this Mm. was i used i get this like neon yellow it's like neon yellow g10 and when i when you slap it in between black and the hand and the blade it almost looks a little bit like a neon green so we've always called that black lightning just because it looks like this kind of i've done in the past black lightning and i thought i'll throw the perspex in the middle i really liked it i'm just going to kick it around for a while to just kind of like see how it goes and tony and i were talking about you know figuring out different ways to use it instead of you know such bold patterns and colors all the time how about just a nice stripe in there so we're talking about that but other than that you know working and blah 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 how are you 
Mareko, why don't you go first? What's going on? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I sent out a couple knives last week. Nice. That felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I've been struggling, um, you know, with everything, it seems like. Um, especially, it's just that these orders uh, have pushed me to do some things that were very uh, different, especially uh, the, the, the like, the Bowie-style chef's knife that I made. Um, Jeff, I think you saw that. Yeah, um, it looks awesome. Thank you for your kind words, too, by the way. Of course. Um, but, yeah, so I got those mailed out, and, yeah, it's just, yeah. I had actually, I think I kind of forgot how good it feels to, like, offload uh some knives and get them in the mail and uh and then be like yeah succeeded let's move on let's i don't know it's weird it's it had been like i said it's been a while since i sent a knife out or any knives out Hmm. um and i've started doing i don't know if i mentioned this before but i started using um registered mail here in the united states uh usps offers this thing called registered mail um and I've been finding that it's actually cheaper than fully insuring, at least um, at the price point that I'm, you know, I'm insuring my knives at. Um, it's like twenty dollars cheaper um, to send it uh, registered mail. Uh, you have to. It's like twelve dollars. I believe it's twelve dollars and sixty cents for registered mail, but you have to stack it on top of priority shipping. So it ultimately be ends up becoming like something like. 45 bucks or something like that. Hmm. Um, but I was paying almost 70 bucks before. Um, and the way the registered mail works is that it, the, the package is moved under lock and key the entire way. So it comes out of one locked container, uh, in whatever, uh, in one of the vehicles into a locked container in the post office and so on and so forth until, you know, and if, you know, the, the, the delivery person gets to your place and you're not there to pick it up, it goes back in, a, in under lock and key and it goes back to the post mm. office and you got to go pick it up. Um, so obviously you want to try to coordinate with your people too, so that <laughs> they're available to get it at the right time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it feels so much better. I don't know why. I mean, other, I think it's definitely the lock and key thing um, to be shipping it that way. So Yeah. By nice. the way, a couple episodes ago, I was talking about how the mail is slowing down. As soon as I said that, I sent something to Ben Snoor. I sent some steak knives to Ben Snoor in Texas from New York. Shit got there so fast. I was just like, well, so much for that. I mean, the, the, the mail <laughs> right. has been, uh, I was like, I was like, watch out. The mail's going to be a problem. The yeah. mail hasn't been a problem. So, yeah, I was super nervous actually after you said that because uh, I knew wow, I me had too. these knives coming up. And, uh, I said, shit got I, to Texas so fast. I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. That dyed, that black dyed maple burl handle chef's knife, it got from me to Brooklyn, New York in less than 72 hours. Yeah, which is fucking crazy to me, uh, and that was the whole like they're even, oh you know because of the registered mail and everything's lock and key. It sometimes a l- is a little slower, but just because of making sure that it gets properly transferred and stuff. I was like, oh okay, that's that's fine. It got there, yeah. Like I said, less than seventy two hours is pretty awesome. Mm. Um, cool. But otherwise, yeah, just moving on to the next orders. Uh, I'm still working on that stainless knife, but I'm looking to get that out this next week, which is exciting as well. There you go. And I have some new stuff coming up, which I'm excited and nervous about. Uh, it's the this next order is a mix of like Japanese carpentry chul- uh, chisels, uh, 
and wow. a sh- and a chef's knife and the goal is to make the pattern to kind of match across all all the pieces it's a three-piece set of chisels and then the chef's knife and uh we'll see how hmm. that goes that should be interesting hmm. nice a little bit different nice yeah hmm. well how about That's you cool. Craig? It's been a crazy, crazy busy week. Um, a final big push to get these 100 sustainable knives um, out. And they're all done. I've got them here, all boxed up, all ready to go. Tomorrow morning, somebody coming to pick up all 100. Wow. And it's been a struggle, man. I've I've done like table knives in big batches, but not chef knives in big batches of like 100. Mm. I've only done 50s in the past. This was 100, and this was a grind, a real grind. Sure. And, we, you know, we've had the whole, you know, the COVID thing and not getting supplies in, that kind of thing. So they are a bit late, but they are all finished. But um, stupidly, after the show last week, so they they were all, the blades were all finished. You literally put the handles on then. Um, well, the last of them. And um, I stupidly thought, well, one of these, I, I made 105. So if any go missing or for whatever reason, I've, I've got five here as well. I thought I'm going to put a mirror finish on one of these just to see what it looks like because all the others that they're satin rubbed and they rubbed to sort of 800. Look, they look really nice, but I put a mirror finish on one and I was just like, "Oh man, that looks so good with the with the water bottle handle." The mirror finish looked incredible, and I was like, oh, "No, shall I do them all? Shall I do oh, them Christ. all?" So that's what I've done this week. <laughs> I put a mirror finish on a hundred blades, oh, so my, my thumbs are torn to shreds. But it was so much quicker than and easier than I thought it was going to be in my head. So they're all rubbed to 800 anyway. So I put a 1,200, a 1,500, then straight to a 3,000. And each one probably took about, probably about 35 minutes to do each one. I was wow. amazed how quickly you can get, you know, that when, you, when you go up to the much, much higher grits, how quickly you can get through them. So yeah, a mirror finish on on hundred blades, and um, so my thumbs are torn to shreds. But I know that feeling, like Morocco said, when you've got something and they're ready to be shipped. This has been a big sort of weight on my shoulders for for so long, and they're all boxed up and ready to go. And um, super, super, super excited. Look at you. Yes. Um, also, I was I was in the supermarket, and um, I was in the, like the stationery bed because at the moment all everything's back to school everywhere, everywhere, all the stationery and everything for the kids. And um, I saw this card, and the colours were beautiful. They had these, like, um, pastel colours. They had, like, a pink, a blue, a lemon, and so on. And I was like, that would be lovely as a knife handle, that colour. And I thought, well, if it's card, I'm just going to get it and, you know, make some micarta. I've never done it before, but, you know, layer up the card like a paper micarta. And um, they come out perfect first time. So I did a pink and a blue just to see how they'd come out. They've come out great really i was just really really pleased with them so i think going forward i'll be making a lot more of that as well um nice. i i did i did some sort of i say machining you know i did some grinding on it and some drilling on it to see how easy it would it would mark and and if you take it easy it doesn't burn but yeah if, you, if you're gonna slam it into the grinder they, they will burn a bit but the finish on them is is really really nice so i think going forward i'm gonna be using that a fair bit more um, what else? It's just been so so much going on this week. Well, just real um, quick, you know, pink and blue together are great. It's a great combination. Like that, those, yes. those that baby blue and then the and that pink. I've done yeah. that. I thought it was going to look like shit, and then the customer want blue on the outside, pink liner, and then a red thin liner. Man, it looks mm. great. It's a great combination. Well, these have been glued up to like an off white um, G10. 
So again, it's going to be a nightmare to, to grind, having to yeah. go super, super slow. But I think the the pink and the slightly off white, and again, separate handles, the blue and the slightly off white will look nice. will look really, really nice. So, so yeah, now these these hundred are done, and um, I can I can play again with a bit more. Um, but I have been working on camp knives, making some prototypes over the last probably three, four weeks, um, and these have gone out to a few people that I know. Um, and they've been working with them and that kind of thing. And I, I'm I'm finally happy with the design, the design that I'm going to go forward with. So my next batch is going to be a, a camp knife. Um, I'm only making 50 this time, not 100, <laughs> simply because I don't think I can put myself through that again. Right. But, um, yeah, 50 camp knives. They're going to be available from the 1st of October. Um, and, again, just like last time, they'll go to the people on the newsletters. They'll have first sort of dibs on them. Um, so if anybody's interested in another camp knife, that I've, I've put some pictures on Instagram. Um, if you go to chopknives.com forward slash camp hyphen knife, you can jump on the, the, the mailing list there. And don't um, unsubscribe. And for, Whatever you do, you can do not unsubscribe. Because don't subscribe, I, 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 you're out. Take this to the grave with me if you unsubscribe, <laughs> John. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, I mean, as an example, that the last the 100 knives that I did, they sold out completely just from the people on the newsletter, and that was like yeah. the 100 knives in, I think it was like 100 minutes or something. So if you want one of the camp knives, get on the, get on the mailing list, and um, hopefully we, we can sort you out on October the 1st. There you go. Nice. Don't um, do the mirror also, finish on those ones. Well, there is a special Are finish you? on them, which Ooh. I'm not going to reveal quite yet. Okay. Um, but it's super, super cool. So over the, I've got, basically I've got three weeks now, just under three weeks. Um, so I'll be teasing out pictures and so on, just to keep the interest up in them. Nice. But um, yeah, the, the, it's something very I've never seen in a camp knife before. Um, regards to the finish and the style and the shape so i think i think it's gonna be what a tease what a bit of a tease (laughs) um also finally had permission that i can build a cabin on the little woodland that we have so i'm super super excited so i've been spending a lot of time as i'm sort of hand sanding i've had the tv on with youtube and look at people building cabins and so on and different designs and plans so yeah i'm super pleased about that because it can be up to like 20 square meters i've been told which is way too big oh, for me. Wow. I, it, mine's going to be far smaller. Jeez. But um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I have my own cabin, so it's going to be good. With electrical and plumbing and all that? So, well, solar. So, I mean, the, the woods are in the middle of nowhere. The woodland's completely off grid. So, yeah, we'll have solar for lights and, you know, little things like that. Right. But, they, you know, we, we'll catch rainwater and so on. But, you know, we're going to go full on bare grills there. But there's, there's, yeah, it won't be on the on the grid at all. You'll be a real Swiss family. We will. Well, it's going to be tight. It's going to be, you know, for the odd weekend camping. Right. You know, it's nothing nothing more than that. Couple buckets. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which go. brings us to camping. We went camping last night as a family for the first time. We took the girls. Um, and I'm thinking, they'll love it. You know, we, we it was like one of those big bell tents. I thought, we'll put them into bed about 9 p.m. And my wife and I can sit out around the fire and we'll have a glass of wine. It'll be lovely. So we put them to bed at 9 o'clock. Around about three minutes past nine, the crying started. That was constant until about 9.40. And we were like, we just need to go in now. So we got them into bed with us. They fell asleep within five minutes. And then we're just sitting up in bed, being as quiet as we can, not moving, freezing our asses off. And yeah, that was our night camping. The worst. It was the worst. Didn't sleep. <laughs> freezing cold. And I had to just like, as if I had rigor mortis set in. I, I just couldn't move because these wake these babies up. Not the most enjoyable, but um, yeah, that was my week. So it's, it's been a real busy, fun week. Um, one thing I did discover was camping was we didn't have a bottle opener with us. 
And I had genuine, genuine delight when I pulled out one of the prototypes that I had with me of the camp knife. And it had a bottle opener on it. You mean a what corkscrew? You know? No, a beer oh. bottle opener. Um, I could have used my teeth, like, you know, those, yeah. those big hard bastards would. But that's not for me. So, um, yeah, and it worked. So I, I was obviously pleased for that. But it was, it was nice to, you know, have something on you that worked when you were stuck in a stuck in a rut. But that was the week. That was the week. So lots of hand sanding, lots of YouTube, and um, lots of dreaming about um, my future cabin. Nice. All I re- good. I remember when I first learned how to do the whole, like, leverage thing to pop a beer bottle. I was mm. opening beer bottles with all kinds of stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> like a cutting yeah. board, a phone book, um, yeah. <laughs> like anything I could find just to see, you know, what are the limitations. I think the smallest thing I ever used was a quarter to leverage. Mm. And there's, like, no leverage on the thing. But I've seen people using their teeth and all sorts <clears throat> of stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I used oh, to use no. my teeth. Ugh, the worst. It's, Could never do that. Yeah, I, had, I stopped uh, before they cracked. In culinary <laughs> school, that my uh, my culinary teacher showed us how to open a beer bottle with a pair of cooking tongs, <clears throat> and that's the best of all time. I don't have to do it. That's like it's so satisfying. It's super quick, and you just basically close the tongs together, and then you know usually those tongs are it's like it's like bent bent metal, you know. So you have like a little edge to catch on, and yeah. and that thing is. I love that. Fine. I see you close the tongs around the, the bottle cap. Right, but not the, the picking up part. It's the handle right, part. Right. It's a, yeah. But can we just say how great it was last week to have Jason Knight on? How good was he? Oh, I mean, awesome. Can yeah, you imagine? He he got to the point. It got to the point where he, I don't think he even realized he was on a podcast. He kept on. He was kept on hitting his microphone, and and he was pointing and using his, his hands cat. and talking to us. His cat was walking past, but he was talking to us like he didn't realize this was actually a radio show. He's having a good time. We got to have him, and he fun. wants to come back on again at some point. We'll have him out and back on. Always welcome. Yeah, man, it was good. Yeah, we've had a couple of really good guests lately. So we had Dr. Laren as well, obviously, Knife Steel Nerds. And people love that, love that show. So, yeah, I think maybe in the future we'll we'll get a few more on again. That's it. All good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about our first sponsor. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat-treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! Evenheat-kiln.com Before we move on to questions, um, I also want to mention that um, Jeff mentioned in the show, I think it was the week before last, um, about having a somebody forge a holder for a razor blade. And I noticed somebody did it and sent the pictures into us. And I, for the life of me, I can't think who it is now. Um, oh, the, do you know, Jeff, who it was? Yes, it was... <sighs> No, I don't. Oh. You know what? It's a, it's a fuck. I don't fuck. You, you could have warned me about this. I would have had <laughs> Sorry, it up. For it God just came to my head then. I thought we haven't mentioned. There's it, a and couple it, guys. Done a really good job. God damn it, Craig. Here, so while, while, while you guys think of that, I actually have another piece of news that I'd like to share. Uh, oh, I just cool. saw uh, Austin and Jimmy DeResta announce that Maker oh, yeah. Camp is going to be canceled. So Maker Camp was happening in East Durham, New York. And it is no longer happening. I don't know if anybody had been scheduled who listens to the show to go up there and do that, but you'll you'll want to make possibly make some different arrangements. Uh, Austin has reached out to a lot of the presenters who are supposed to be at Maker Camp, 
about doing kind of mini takeovers where they do about an hour demonstration uh, or even a couple uh, over a uh, over a couple different days. Um, I'm I'm going to be doing a demonstration myself. Uh, I think he sent out a tentative schedule. It looks like um, that you guys are in Modern Forge, right, Jeff? Uh, I'm in Modern Forge, but I haven't heard anything. But okay. whatever they want me to do, I'm 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 on board. Yeah, it looks like they still got a lot of the presenters that were going to be there doing some mini takeovers. So um, they're going to be, and they're going to be, uh, Austin's going to be posting about that. If he hasn't already, he's going to be posting about it soon, about the schedule and, and how that's all going to work and everything. So again, Maker Camp, sadly, is canceled for this year. Okay. And um, stay tuned for the online demonstrations through, I think they're going to do all the live streams, like the account takeovers on Instagram. Hmm. Cool. Okay, I tell you, we'll we'll find out who made that um, razor blade holder before the end of the show. That's, that's a challenge well, for you, Jeff. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> well, did, was it sent to you or sent it to the? Um, the it was or? sent to me, and I, I'm like, I, just I, you guys do. I, look, here's the th here's the thing. Here's really what it comes down to: is blacksmiths in general. You know what the funny thing is? Is I'm looking on, I'm searching, and all I'm getting are fucking. When I press the search button, it's these women in reels. With like oh, their geez, tits hanging yeah. out, and it's like I'm like I can't even sound like my my kid is asking. He's like, "Hey, Dad, what is who is who does this?" And I'm like going to the search. And I'm just like, "What the fuck is going on? Is real? Is this woman is just dancing with her tits hanging out? Like it's embarrassing. I mean, it isn't embarrassing, but it's oh god, now they're fucking worms. Uh, <sighs> yeah, you you fuck yeah. me all up. It's fine. That real thing, I don't get. What is going on? With, is it just TikTok? But it's like it all women, like, right? Yeah. Which is I'm not. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I mean, I mean, it's not like I'm you like you. I'm not upset. It's just like it's 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 distracting when I'm looking for some like blacksmith guy and there's a girl in her cut off shorts with her big cleavage hanging out. It's it's distracting and all of a sudden now I don't even know what to search anymore. I'm like well, you double. Know, you know how those algorithms work? This is like based that. what shows up in your explore page off what you've been looking at. Oh, is that what I've been exactly. looking at? I'm That's looking at some is. cleavage. The longer you leave eyes on them, the more they're going to show. Is that right? That's the way it works. Well, well, you know, exactly. could be a lot worse. I mean, it could be like people's hand picks. You know, could be looking at people's <laughs> disgusting hand. I, I'll take a pair of titties over a, over just hand picks all day long, and you can quote me on that. I mean, that's funny. Oh, there she goes, reels. I can't find this goddamn thing. Look okay. at these women dancing in front of me with a goddamn. I mean, well, I'm gonna turn my camera on, and you can guys can see that this is what I gotta deal with all the time. We, don't, we do look not need this, to see it. Look at this. This is like, I mean, I'm looking for a blacksmith person to do to do razor knives, and then all of a sudden she shows up, fooling around with her hair, and now you both are quiet. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you're both quiet. I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. I'm just like, it's very distracting. Fucking reels. I'm Jeff not was looking. just showing us his phone through the yeah, camera. Yeah, and you. I mean, I'm not even kidding. It's just like, what am I looking for again? I was just thinking. I was just thinking that, you know, at you know, blacksmiths. A lot of kids and, and men and people and girls and whatever they're doing. And you see, I'm all fucked. all fucked up because this is, I got this goddamn <laughs> frumpy. I got this goddamn bikini woman putting it on me, and I. It's just hard. I'm trying to re re. Uh, you know, whatever. But uh, you know the the <laughs> I fucking destroy. 
right. I mean, I mean, like literally. So the bottle openers are great, but it's just like we got to figure some more shit out besides opening bottles, you know. And I thought maybe great if somebody could figure out something that you could forge, that would be a a disposable razor blade holder because I buy those disposable razor blades all the time, and I hate getting the screw and unscrewing it and and putting a new one in, and I just I ended up holding them because it's like so much more convenient. It'd be great to you know have a uh, a blacksmith's uh, easy forge. And I'm saying blacksmith. I mean, obviously, stock removal. There's a guy that does it. A couple guys that do it. But it would be great to do something. That would be something that would be very useful besides just a bottle mm-hmm. opener. Let me see if I can find it. For some reason, I thought you were talking about straight razors. Like no. No, 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 no. Who can't, I mean, who does that? I mean, you know, honestly, I mean, we're makers. We need those. We need the. Uh, we need to hold those little tiny disposable double-sided razor blades. You know, like you uh-huh. using like a one of those, like a carpet knife or whatever. You know. Yeah. Do you know? Talking about funny things to forge rather than a, bo- a bottle opener. Did you see Will Stelter's pizza cutter this uh, week? Yeah, it looked awesome. Oh, super awesome! Incredible. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. Somebody once yeah, asked me if I'd make a Damascus sweet. pizza cutter, and I was just like, what the fuck would I do that for? And all of a sudden, mm. there he goes. This is about as good as it gets. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, too, bad, too bad he's getting pizza from Montana. But, I mean, what can you do? He could yeah. be getting your pizza. It could be far worse. Well, there you go. I'll take it. I, listen, I'm still on these goddamn women here. I don't want to keep looking. You can make all the jokes you want. some questions. You can make all the jokes you want. And you can get all frothy in the back of your van you with, look, the, you uh, can make, with the women. You look here, then she's back. I, mean, I can't even help myself. And there's another one. I mean, you can't make this shit up. I can't. I'm done, man. I, you might as well get somebody else on this goddamn podcast. Cause it's just going to be it's going to be her the whole time. Okay. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? <laughs> this is the part of the... <laughs> Jeff, you got me all messed up. Uh, this is the part of the... Ep- <laughs> I'm going to fuck you guys up for the rest of this podcast. This is the next thing I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> this is part of the podcast where we answer your questions. You send in questions. We do our best to answer them. And, uh, and I'm going to kick it off actually right here with this first one. It says, uh, this is from at make smith he says or they say uh does how you portray yourself online and conduct yourself uh with the knife community uh parenthesis regardless of your level of knife making in parenthesis uh help you succeed in growing your business would being open approachable and more human be better than cold mysterious and elusive uh obviously this depends on the type of knives you uh yeah this depends on the type of knives you're making regards luke what do you guys think about that? I have a question. Uh, Why do you branding. say parenthesis and parenthesis? Because uh, there is a parenthesis. I, I don't, don't know, know, but I mean, you know, just ask. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the, the question. Um, so he asked about um, how you portray yourself online and conduct yourself with a knife making community. Um, I find that it's not necessarily the knife making community making you know making purchases from me. Um, they tend to be, you know, chefs, restaurants, that kind of thing. Um, so, n- not really. I think. I think l- if I look at the people who are following me, and I think a lot of it is down to the show, this show. A lot of them are knife makers, so I'm, I'm very much aware that they aren't really my customer. So I try very hard um, to try and follow more chefs and the kind of people that I want buying my knives. Not that, not that I'm saying I don't want knife makers to buy my knives. I'd, I'd love it if more did. Um, but you know, I'm. I'm 
generally making knives for chefs and cooks. So I make I make a big effort to, you know, to follow ones that, that you know, that I like and engage with them, you know, comment on their posts and ask them questions, that kind of thing. Um, I think that that works, works well. But uh, what I would say is the people in the knife making community, um, they're the ones who generally are commenting and things like that on my posts. Um, the the chefs and the the restaurateurs generally don't they sort of you know they'll they'll scroll or whatever they do I'm not sure what they do but they're, they're not commenting or liking like the people within the community would um, but you know likes don't necessarily mean mean sales unfortunately um, so yeah I, I think it's it's difficult to you know promote yourself to the right market. Um, I've, I've just redone my website now, which I tend to do about once a year anyway, um, just to sort of, re, you know, freshen things up. Um, and I went through sort of great lengths just to make sure that all of the all of the text that's on there and sort of puts me in a in a certain light. Oh, Jeff, <laughs> stop showing me tits. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> For those who are listening, we don't normally have cameras on, but Jeff has put his camera on and he's just showing us pictures of tips now. That's all he seems to be doing. so silly. I'm going to do it for the rest of the show. You're screwed. And you can't turn my radio, my, my pay camera off. I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm looking for this goddamn thing and all I'm going to get is this. <laughs> for this thing so i i do think it's important to portray yourself in a certain way um but i i wouldn't get too confused and hung up on about it with regards to the knife making community um because they generally are not going to be a customer um so maybe you know promote yourselves a bit more to who you want to be a customer which you know in my case as i say is, is restaurants and chefs um what do you think Morocco? i mean you've got a massive following obviously so you you've got more of an insight into this than me yeah, I think, I mean, I think the, it, I think it's key to do both, uh, to make sure that you're um, connecting with the people who are going to be buying your knives like you were just talking about. Uh, but I do think that there's a, a great benefit in, um, especially if you're trying to make like this knife making your career, you know, the, the, the networking and the connections you make with other makers in the community um, either doing similar stuff to you or just people you get along with. Um, I think that's really powerful because especially, you know, I, like I, I met, uh, Dan Biddinger a year, what, almost a year ago at Blade Show West, super nice guy making really great knives. And, um, he, he's still kind of like under the radar in a way. And I, I want to do whatever I can to help put them on and so when it comes to potentially him potentially reaching more customers like that potentially could be a way for that to happen and um i i just yeah i think it's really it's a it's important to to to, to maintain a balance of both i i think it is for mm -hmm. a lot of knife makers especially because it is such a solitary job and maybe the people doing it are the kind of people who don't want to deal with other people um, I, I definitely feel that way sometimes myself. Um, a, a really great book that I've actually listened through a couple times already. And, uh, and I'm actually due to listen to it again, just for a refresher, but it's a, it's a book called tribes by Seth Godin. And, um, and he just talks about, you know, it's kind of a play on the Kevin Kelly article about thousand true fans, um, where it, um, everybody, I, th I feel like a lot of people mistakenly think they need everybody to buy and want their stuff. But the reality mm. is they don't need everybody. They just need a key group of, of, of 
customers and fans who are gonna who just absolutely love and adore whatever they do and it's through that key group that people like the the grassroots growth of awareness of what you're doing and what you're making continues to grow um and i think part of that key group though um they don't even necessarily have to be people buying your stuff they could be just people who are fans of your work who want to help spread the word of it and i think that is uh, the hardest part about this whole thing is reaching those potential customers and buyers and that's the only way that this it becomes a sustainable business or you yeah. know especially if you're trying to go full-time uh is to is to keep figuring out new ways to reach those people i mean what uh and jeff can expand on it if he wants to but i think what jeff does is absolutely brilliant the to to do these collaborations with chefs and uh so he's exposing kind of like the chefs to his market uh, or and then and but then the chef is also exposing the people his fans to jeff and jeff's work and they work together they make this great thing i think that's fucking awesome and it's kind of like in this social media world we have this incredible ability to kind of take you know it used to be where you had to pay for advertising in magazines or on uh, on television or something like that to get the exposure you need but now you can work together and cut out kind of like that middleman or those king makers and and work together with other people who have their own followings and they don't even have to be huge followings they but loyal followings i think um and people who have an engaged audience are are, are a great way to help kind of build that awareness yeah and, and so another book that you just mentioned a book that you 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 listen to um another book which changed the way that i sort of do business really is called oversubscribed and mm. wait, i've got it with me let me just find it uh reach up Here yeah it it's by it daniel Priestley. yeah oversubscribed by daniel Priestley. um a great book mm. and it, it's basically the playbook of the brands that that I really respect, um, people like Hyatt nice. and that kind of thing. So really good book, Oversubscribed by Daniel Priestley. It's available on all all, all book platforms now. All um, book but platforms. Yeah, we know exactly which book platform we mean, really, don't we? But ah, um, yes. like, 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 like Mareko said, it's, it's about <clears throat> reaching the right people, and um, it is difficult. What, what have you got on that, Jeff? I think if you're an asshole, people realize that you're an asshole. I think that if you're if you're nice and you're helpful, I think that makes a big difference. And I I think that you should try to be as helpful as you can to a certain degree. Um, I think that uh, we per we 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 see followers and volume as some sort of um, as some sort of anointment and of, of minor celebrity which i don't uh, subscribe to at all and i think that it's very as important to be as generous and kind and polite and thoughtful as you possibly can in regards to business i think that the most important thing is to figure out what you're going to do and then i just got a call i oh man listen I, i'm sorry for interrupting while you guys are talking i was fucking i was i was texting everybody i was texting everybody and i found <laughs> it out and you're gonna you're gonna know guys and from now on here he is cloverdale forge cloverdale mm, forge blacksmith in winnipeg manitoba canada um made he was listening to the podcast he made a couple of uh awesome forged um razor blade holders and now i can relax thanks to 
John Ariani. I woke his oh, ass up. Oh, fucker. I, <laughs> Jesse, he's fine. I hit Jesse. Up. You. He's fine. <laughs> I hit Jesse. I hit Jesse. And Jesse's like, I don't know. And that's crazy. It's like asking Rain Man. He, Rain Man couldn't figure it out. And then, and then, and then out of the shoot. John, John Ariani saved the day. Now we can go back. So Cloverdale Forge, go check out what Cloverdale Forge did. Uh, he made a um, blacksmith holders, and now I can stop looking at tits, and now I can answer the question again. So <laughs> in regards to, I think I think it's important to, you have to separate out this concept of what fame is and how fame or your perception of fame and how that uh, translates to actual value or money. And, I, and I, I'm convinced yeah. that some of these motherfuckers don't know what they're doing. I get messages, and I was going to have a beef before, but now maybe I'm a, maybe I'll, I, we can do it a beef or in the dilemma section. But I think that it's important to be as you know kind and as generous and as polite as you can be within reason, obviously. But at the same time, I think you have to... We all have this idea that just because you have a brand, or I'm putting air quotes in brand because I, I fucking hate that shit. If you don't have a business plan and you start to think about this stuff like what other people do, you're fucked. If you don't think about this business as a business and see what successful businesses do, not what you think sex successful knife makers do, mm-hmm. then you're in trouble. I mean, we talked about Will yeah. Stelter. Will Stelter is a awesome knife maker a young guy with 21 22 incredible knife maker incredible bladesmith he goes and he travels around he goes to see steve schwartzer uh, salem straub he he uh, josh smith he's so talented i'm envious of his talent and his good nature but i mean he's not making knives for a living you know and i think that and that's nothing wrong with that he's got something else going on with alec and that's great perfect i think you guys some of you guys see this concept of knife making from a hobby to a business and then you think well this guy does this and this guy's writes books are closed and this guy i'm going to do what the other knife maker does or what my perception of what he's doing and you're making a big mistake i think that it's more important to understand what business is and be involved in the concept of business as opposed to well this other knife maker does this and he's got his you know whatever and i it angers me to be honest with you because i think it's 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 this it's this cuz you're all a bunch of thieves and, and but you're not thieving the business part you're thieving designs and ideas and techniques but you're not thieving the business part yeah you know yeah i completely agree with you i think if you if you try and do what everybody else does, you're just going to be a watered down version but of what they do. You're so, doing yeah. the, what everything else does from the wrong people. It's yeah. like trying to make good business, watching bad business people do shitty business. What do you expect? <laughs> I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you try to. I mean, I it's just it's stunning to me that well. I just see this shit and people reach into my DMs all the time. And fuck it, let's just go into this real dilemma real quick. Guy d- reaches into my DMs and he says to me, and this is a real good knife maker, really good knife maker. And he says, you know, I I'm a good knife maker and I make. He didn't say this. I'm paraphrasing, but he, you know, I make a good knife and I'm better than a lot of people. But for what some reason, you're trying to do there. I'm trying to do a Welsh accent. So, <laughs> so, so he's trying to figure it out. He's just like, you know, I make a lot of better dives than most people at blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, I can't, and I can't seem to, I'm not getting as much business as I'd like, and I just don't understand why. And I looked at him, and he doesn't do Instagram, he does Facebook. So all the Facebook people are people that he knows, and his aunts, and his uncles, and his nephews, and his nieces, whatever. Hmm. And then I looked at the shit that he posts, and it's all political stuff. It's all very, very down the line, you know, 
my side's good, your side's stupid, or my side's good. And then we're now at this point where you can say one word and people are like, oh, I always knew you are a good knife maker, but now I know you're an asshole and unfollowing. He has completely alienated himself because he, feel, because he feels the need to. So I mentioned a message. I said to him, I'm like, look, you do all this political stuff. People don't think you're in business. People think you're just sitting on the shitter, you know, reposting memes about what about whatever you don't like and he goes yeah, yeah well but you know but if you look at my knives the knives should speak for themselves then what the fuck are you opening your mouth for you know if, you, if, if your knives speak for yourselves then you should shut your fucking hole and just post pictures of your knife for some reason well my my my, my customers know where i stand well then you're gonna have to do a lot of repeat business because you're fucking around and you're playing games and then all of a sudden you're just like wondering then you're coming to me saying why well, your business is bad and then you don't like my answer my answer is sell your knives no one gives a shit about what you have to say because you're alienating a ton of people if you just want business from one particular group of people fine i want business from everybody i want all your money i don't give a fuck yeah. who what you know your appointment and all these i'm sorry the tits got me fucking got me fucking <laughs> launched the tits got me launched and i'm having a hard time coming back down so that's it god i don't know what happened fucking mm. launched i'm seeing more more and more of that makers having um their their own sort of you know channel and using that for sort of put political stuff up and that and I'm just every time I'm just like gee why would you do that why or why or why but it's the times we're in I'm afraid things are I things once are changing years ago a friend of mine was tagged in a very very racist thing and I and I, I only saw it because Facebook had tagged him in and it was like like over the top super crazy. I cannot believe you're you're involved with this. So I sent him a, a message. I said, "You better untag yourself." And he goes, "Why?" And I said, "Because this is really, really, <laughs> this is not good for your business. You don't want to be known by being tagged by this fucking guy who wrote this thing that was like. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't just like, well, it's you know, it's it's all perspective. This was like the N bomb and the whole nine yards. And it was just like, this is you ain't gonna come out of this one." And he was surprised, and, I, and he said, "Well, you know." And I was like, "Yeah, I didn't I had nothing to do with it." I said, "You, you are responsible for your business, and part of that is understanding where you are and and who you're following, and your your potential customers see that shit too." But the no. freedom of the First Amendment, I'm for the First Amendment, but it doesn't mean people can't people can't, you know, say, "Well, I don't want to do business with this guy because he's crazy." Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. why I don't do. I don't post this any of my bullshit on the, that much social media because I don't want people you to know I'm, the show. I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want people to think I'm nuts. What, regarding back okay. to uh, what you're saying about business and um, and yeah, just people just not being smart business wise um, and, and copying kind of like the wrong things. Uh, that reminds me of another actually book. Uh, audiobook that I just listened to recently uh, called the ebook or e myth revisited and e is short for entrepreneur myth and so the the preface is basically you know a lot of people get into business thinking that it's easy to start a business but the reality is it takes a certain kind of person that has kind of like the the right mindset which is the entrepreneurial mindset to to first run a good business before or before other things because otherwise it's just not going to last right like you're saying and so uh that would be another audiobook um 
I would suggest people listen to. It's pretty good. I both think are, both are really easy to listen to. It's very important to be positive and upbeat and, and to be excited and to be fired up and to be positive and passionate. But passion doesn't isn't enough if you want right. to be in business. If you don't have to worry about money, like there's a lot of guys. A perfect example, Mike Quisenberry. I talked to Mike Quisenberry. Yeah, I mean, Master Bladesmith, one of the best knife makers in the world. He says to me, I wouldn't do this as a business. I do this for fun money and I'm a, I have a real job and I make these because I can make what I want. That's a different, that's a different step. That's a, that's a great idea. Uh, who else? I just talked to uh, Cliff Dufton. Uh, he, he does, he's got jobs and then he gets to make what he wants. Yes. Does he want to transition? Yeah, but he's not, he's, he's a little bit risk adverse. I think that there's a lot of people who have this idea that, all right, I'm going to be a professional knife maker. And then this is, I'm just jumping in full, you know, both feet, you know, feet first without mm. having a game plan. And if that's the problem. You can't, you have to have a real game plan and you have to be honest and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And have support around you because the three of us do. I mean, you big know, time. Jeff, you, oh, big Jeff time. you've got Tony oh. and myself and Morocco, we both rely heavily on our wives for certain things as well. I, it's, it's, it's crucial. I couldn't, without my wife working, I couldn't sustain the shop and the business and our house and my kid and the cars. And I couldn't, you know, it's impossible. I can't, mm. she's, you know, she's not sitting by the peach sink drinking, <laughs> drinking Aperol spritzes all the time. I mean, it's like, it's a group effort. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Shall we move on to another? And by the way, if you've got a question for us... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. And Logan has. So I think it's it's Logan on Instagram. Hey, cuties, can I ask you a question? What do you do when you're starting a knife or in the middle of one and you get mental block, like a writer's block? How do you push through it and get over the hump? Hmm. So, yes, you you just start a knife or in the middle of it and you, you, you sort of... Yeah, or what he's supposed a to bit do sort next. of stuck, I suppose. Oh. No, yeah. writer's block um, is like he's not feeling inspired. You know, hmm. the, writer's, the concept of writer's block is you're writing this thing, you know what you're supposed to be doing, but you just have this like point where it's, you're like, yeah, you I don't know what to do. It. Yeah. 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 I mean, all of my knives, they, they start life on, on, a, on a computer. They, and that's generally where the sort of creative stuff happens. Because it's it's all you know drawn out and and you know even the handle materials and so everything is drawn out so I know exactly what it's going to be like. Um, so quite often you you know I could get sort of you know a creative block there, but once I start I know exactly where I'm going and I don't generally get it once I start the job. But if I you know if if a customer comes to me and they want something quite unique, and you know and it's all about the design work. I mean sometimes you can get a sort of creative block there, but you know do a little bit of work, come back to it the next day with fresh eyes, and, and you generally work something out. But, um, yeah, I never get it sort of halfway through a knife because before I start the knife, I know exactly how it's going to look and, and everything sort of worked out beforehand for me. Sure. I think I mean, when I get into kind of those roadblock situations myself, I, I, uh, I do find myself initially like sitting there and thinking and, or just being like, I don't know what to do next, or this isn't really what I want to do next, or what I'd rather be doing is blah, 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 and think about ownership. The reality is you just got to do it. And I think I, I find, I I do find myself hesitating on certain processes or certain things that are very uh, kind of, you only get one shot at it. When, um, like, especially on this, like, 
this Bowie chef I made recently, it had a guard, it has these recessed spacers, it's got moose antlers part of the and everything and it's everything was indexed and and built as a takedown before a final glue up. It was a huge pain in the ass and there are a lot of points along the way where I was just like oh, I'm gonna distract myself with cleaning this area of the shop or fixing this <laughs> yeah. thing on my grinder and <laughs> shit like that. But the reality is like I think you you just gotta do whatever it is you, you need to do next. And even if you take it really slowly, uh, I think it something I, I remember hearing either from a like a TED talk or something about that so, or something along those lines is, is like you just got to spend at least five minutes just get moving in that direction and start doing it and, and you'll find that it's a lot easier once you get going it's just that initiating that action in the first place is is the, the, the big pain but if you just take the time to just bear through that first five minutes you can keep going Jeff, you I, mean, I off used to suffer with that. What? <laughs> what are you crazy? Are you out of your fucking mind? Are we ready for the Indasa hand standings uh, read? No, no. What do you think? You I'm, keep showing you, us you, all these titty pictures. What are you then, talking about? And then the phone disappeared. Show, it's so weird. And I'm just hand trying, I'm trying to, sound in the background. I'm not, I'm not making any. You mean I'm not making? I'm not doing that. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Jesus. I think that what's the matter with you guys? I, I'm just trying to, you know, blah blah blah. I, I think it's important to to realize that there are certain things that are artistic and not artistic, and I, I get the feeling like, I mean, if you're talking about something like if if I was Morocco and I was making the the high level knives that he's making, I would be shitting my pants every turn. You know, it's just like I don't. I think that it's important to either if you're going to be creative just work you got to work through it and you also have to i think you got to take a little bit of that passion away in terms of like if i fuck this up i fuck this up now if, if i'm Mareko, i'm i'm not i'm like you know like i said clenched the whole time but like if you're you know trying to make it happen you have to you have to not be so precious and you have to be able to say okay look this this either either i'm having a hard time getting to this particular point i don't want to screw this up or you have to say this is a this these are steps i go from this step to this step and it, it, if you already have the design out and you already started in what's the point in just having a panic attack the other thing is is the more you do it the more you understand exactly what needs to be done and I'm to the point now where with, with what I'm doing is I know every step is all right. This step is done. So on to the next step. I don't really believe in writer's block. However, I do have, I have had, even when I was a painter and I was making sculpture, there are these moments, these stumbling block moments that you can, you actually see the stumbling in the painting. That's one of the things about painting. Uh, when you're painting, a lot of times you'll see the brush strokes or whatever, but with you can almost, once you really look at paintings long enough, you can see where, let's say this guy doesn't like to do faces a lot. You can actually see where the paint is so muddled and you can actually see the stress of the artist having a problem with the way the painting goes and they so you can even see where they've changed directions and gone on to like a, the wrinkle of a pair of pants or something. I think it's important to just kind of like just be focused and you know make it happen i don't know hmm. i i know what Marek was talking about with the distraction because i used to get it but i don't get it so much now but i used to get it because i've got so many different things that i want to be doing 
And quite often you think, well, that's far more fun. I want to go and do that instead. Right. Um, but the way I work now is very different. So, for example, I can some days I, I I get literally like two hours, and I've got very regimented time where I can be in the shop because, you know, you know our our little girls are at home and my wife works as well. So I know, you know, today I've got between two and four o'clock I can be in the shop. So I know I need to make that time work. But when I had all the time in the world. I was easily finding myself thinking, oh, I'll go and do that. That's much more fun. And putting off the stuff that I didn't want to do. That's so the worst. It is. It is the worst. And, and I was the worst for it. it almost like a magpie. If something's shiny up in the corner, it's, oh, that's got my attention. And everything else doesn't matter. You know, it's only this one thing. So I think, you know, if, if you've got that, that sort of trait about you like, like I do, I think it is a case of having to put restrictions on yourself, like saying, okay, but as I say, between two and four, I'm going to do this job. And, you know, that's all I'm going to do. And any other distraction, you know, you're not going to allow yourself to do it. And it is sort of mental training, I suppose, to, to get yourself into that way of thinking. But um, now I'm forced to do that. I'm far, far more productive than I ever have been. So, 100%. Yeah. I can't do it any other way. If, 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 if I go to the shop not knowing what I'm going to do, I am screwed. And if I f- f- fool the whole day around... I'm depressed. Like, I have to have a very, very, like, I need a couple hours before I go to the shop to have a mental game plan of what needs to be done and not necessarily have anything to do with inspiration. I might, like, something will happen and maybe I'll just kind of, like, throw something in, but you got to be focused on exactly what you're going to do. And that's the, you're 100% right. When I had my shop at my house, I'd slip in for 15 minutes and glue something up or come back into the house. Or if I couldn't sleep at night, I'd just walk in and, you know, that now that I have a very specific amount of time I'm here, I keep it very, very like a business. And then I have to make sure that I'm as efficient as possible. I agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that shit. Okay, moving on. The next one is from Florian underscore DKS. And he says, last year has been very challenging. I've had to deal with a lot of, <laughs> I nearly said tosses, a lot of <laughs> oh, losses. Come it on, says. man. It's a serious I'm question. The What's the matter today. with you? And I decided to, to heal my mind to start making knives during quarantine. But here's the question. Ever since I started, many friends and family members started giving me the, how are you going to make money with it and how much does it cost talk? So he says he does have financial security with another job, so he's not worried. But is this discouragement from people you care about something you had to deal with when starting out, or even now? And he says, thanks, guys. Keep it up. That's a good question right there. So that's pretty much linked to, to the last, well, to the first question. Of Which is great. As well. So, yeah, so he said, you've done a good job, Jeff, of uh, curating Oh, I wasn't looking for that. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> that's what you were looking for. No, I wasn't. I was, I'll tell you, you want to know what I was looking for? I'll tell you what I was looking for. I was looking. I wasn't really looking for that, but I mean, I had no choice. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's just like oh, these goddamn reels are screwing me. You better take a screenshot so people know you do something, Jeff. so people know that. I mean, I'm doing something. You need, you need to swipe away from that. She's far too young. <laughs> hey man, so, I just relax, man. You don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Discouragement. Okay. Um, so. So he's saying that, you know, he has financial security from another job. Right. Um, but, but it's all about his friends and family telling him, you know, this will never work kind of thing. You know, right. how are you going to make money and, and, and so on? So he's, 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 you know, do we deal with that and 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 so on? Um, and I do. I've got certain members of family. They'd be like, well, who's going to pay that much for that knife? And they say, well, you're not my audience, you know? And, and, and I think that's always worth mentioning as well that it's not going to be for everybody 
Um, just the same as I'm not into, you know, I'm not into motorbikes that cost £20,000. But, you know, some people are. There's a market for it. Um, so don't take what everybody tells you to heart because they're just not your audience. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. What do you think, Mareko? Uh <clears throat> I agree. Um, yeah, everybody's got their thing. Kind of build on what Craig was saying. You know, everybody's got their their thing. Like whether it's motorcycles, you know, high end photography, computers, like whatever. <laughs> Jeff with his smartphone and pictures of ladies. What? You know. <laughs> But yeah, I wonder um, how much Jeff pays to OnlyFans every month. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) What's that? All right, come on, Jeff. Don't pretend you don't know what OnlyFans is. Mm, No idea. Go ahead, Morocco. (laughs) Anyways, anyways, yeah. I mean, especially when I first started out, that was definitely the big question. Um, I, um, I, you know, I'm fortunate that I have kind of like on my resume of working with Bob Kramer when I. uh, you know, when I first started learning. So when I went on my own, I, um, I had that to kind of help me get my foot in the door, um, with some retailers who would guarantee to buy my work. Um, but at the same time, there was, it still, the work still had to be good. There was no guarantee that they were going to buy it. Um, but I think real, like when it comes to those people having those conversations with you, you know, especially if you're not, it doesn't, I don't know. I guess from reading the question, it doesn't sound like he's trying to go full time or anything. It sounds like he's. But he wants to know if it's discouragement or not. If if these people are just being assholes, are they? Are they? Is this discouragement? And we have we had that kind of discouragement. Well, if it's coming from family and friends, I think it, it's concern. It's always concern. But it's weird. I feel like we're missing part of the conversation because he mentions that he has a full-time job, that he's he's very secure and secure. And so, why are they having this conversation with him? Um, maybe he's thinking about transitioning to doing knives full-time, and that would be a, a big question. I think, you know, if anybody is thinking about going full-time, you know, you those are, you know, the business side of things and everything that goes along with that is something to take into consideration as to how you're going to create a sustainable business. Um, because a lot of people start and I think a lot of people also go back to working their old job or whatever pretty damn quick because it is hard. Uh, the work doesn't necessarily just speak for itself like that other guy that Jeff was talking about um, was saying, you know, you, you have to, there's a, yeah, there's just a lot that goes into it with creating awareness and, and building up interest in your work. So um, but when it comes to those kind of discouraging, if you're if he's not thinking about going full time, then you just tell him to leave that leave him alone, I guess. Wow, or that that's not an issue because he if he's got a secure job, then he then the I money. I necessarily isn't the think that when people send us our questions, I don't think they're I don't think that they're waiting it with bated breath for an answer from us before they make their decisions. I think they're trying to you know ask a question that make makes us talk about things. So in this, in regards to this, I don't think that there's anything wrong with somebody saying to you, asking you a question, and you should be able to answer the question. I think that if you're if you're feeling the point where it's discouragement and you can't answer their question, how are you going to make money with doing this? I think it's a valid question, especially if you're in a very specific situation in regards to whatever he's doing behind the scenes. That doesn't matter to me. I think that it, when I talk to my kid, I want her to be able to not be offended by things that are said if you can talk about it in a way and you can understand it and 
debate or whatever, if you have a full understanding of what you're doing and you can, somebody ask you a question, you can answer the question based on your information. That's important. And I don't think that that's wrong. I don't think it's discouraging for someone to say some, well, you know, your mother or your brother or something like that, like, you know, even if they're just breaking your balls, I think it's good to have a very firm understanding of what you're doing and say, okay, yeah, how am I going to do this? Okay, this is what I'm going to do, blah, 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 blah. When I first started this, I thought my wife's going to think I'm crazy if I come home and say, this is, I'm going to be a knife maker now. I had to have a lot in me. I didn't talk, talk to her about a lot of stuff. And then I gave her a plan. I said, this is how we're going to make this happen. And I think it's very important to have facts behind you and be able to feel comfortable with the decisions that you're making and not be thrown overboard by a, you know, a flip question from some you know, dude at a party who's had a few beers and, you know, how are you going to make any money doing that? It, it, it's, it's always, it's not like these people are standing around and on the, you know, saying we need an intervention. How are they going to make money doing that? It's always like some flip comment and you should be able to flip it back. Well, don't worry about that. I, I'm under control. Professional. Hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with, with being able to express yourself and to have a firm understanding of what you're doing. And I don't think the person who's saying it is the worst thing in the world either. I think it's good to be able to persuade them, as they say. Yeah. All right. Okay. Are we ready for this next one? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go for it. All right. This next one is from Buster Cooey. Uh, it says, question for Craig. If you laser etch a piece of art on your knife and the pattern runs off the edge, would it affect the heat treat? Thanks, f- thanks for the great podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, no, is the simple answer. Um, so you you can laser even if you do like a full etch on a blade. Um, you can then you can pick it up at you know, like a millisecond after. It's you know that heat. It, it's not necessarily done by heat. Um, the the blade will stay cool. It really does. Um, and you, you can do a lot of control over that with with the uh, with the laser as well with regards to you know travel speed and density and all that kind of thing. But if you're doing it right, the blade shouldn't get warm at all. And obviously, at the edge, you've got a very, very thin piece of metal. Um, so any any etching that I'm doing, I'm doing before sharpening, before you get to that very, very final edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be hot in any way at all. You should be able to just pick it straight up. Shouldn't be warm to the touch, and you should be ready to go. So no, it shouldn't really affect the heat treat. Um, and it would be difficult for me to find out as well, actually, because uh, you know I've got I've got a heat treater machine here. But the edge is going to be so, so, so delicate that you, you're never going to be able to heat treat that edge after an edge. But what I can say is you can pick it up and you could put the edge straight onto your finger and it's going to be cool to the touch. It's it's not going to have any heat at all. So I'm pretty confident that it's not going to ruin any heat treat at all. You got me think... all jealous about lasers this week. Got me all. <laughs> I, w- I was sending a message to Tony saying, you know, maybe we need to get a laser. And he said to me, is it going to help you with, uh, is it going to help you with production? And I said, no. And he goes, then stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some, some sort of big ideas this week as well of doing things, things that I haven't seen people do with lasers yet. Um, so I'm going to be playing around in any spare time that I get now. I've got this big batch of knives out of the way. Um, and yeah, there's going to be some, 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 some things quite different coming up. Um, and I've spoken to Jeff about um, using uh, a bit of his artwork on, on one as well. Oh. What I haven't seen people doing is using multiple colors with their lasers. I've, I've seen lots of people just doing a flat a flat etch, whether it's a picture or a pattern, um, just completely flat, all one color. 
But virtually any laser, you can change the frequency on and change those colors um, and have a bit of contrast. So hmm. I've been playing with that. Um, results are really, really cool, actually. You can get some real 3D effects. and Yeah, so I've got something coming up, um, which is going to be quite cool. And even these camp knives, they're going to be lasered in a way that I've never seen before as well. So, it, yeah, it's all quite exciting stuff. When you say colors, do you mean like a, a, a gray scale? Or are you talking about like blue and red and purple and green or...? On a carbon steel knife, it would be grayscale. Okay. Um, but you, you you can actually change the uh, almost the finish as well. So you can have a like a matte finish, or you can have a real shiny finish. So if you're just doing grayscale, you can you can use them and have the different textures. But if you are doing stainless, um, you can go right through the whole color, color palette. You can go, you know, they're they're, they're dull colors. But you can get greens, reds, pinks, blues. Um, it's yeah, it's 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 quite exciting, but I don't know how they'll stand up on a stainless blade because generally you're lowering the frequency so much that you're not really getting that much of it. You can still feel the etch, but it's not that deep. So I'm not sure about full color blades how they'd stand up. But yeah, I'm looking forward to doing some experiments with that to see. But what I really like is is in grayscale, but changing almost the texture as well of. And the way I look at it is like. Uh, screen printing so right. you do one pass of one pattern and then you can do a second pass which could be a different color um and yeah that's the way i'm sort of looking at it and with the software that i'm using as well doing things in multiple passes of different colors and it looks really really effective so i'll, I'll be sharing some of that certainly by the end of next week i just want to make sure i get everything dialed in because there are so many factors in place as regards to laser speed travel speed density frequency there's all these different things and it's you need to dial it in exactly exactly per, you know per, per steel that you're using so it's good fun it's good fun cool. it, it takes a lot of time to, to to dial it it's not as simple as you know just whacking your whacking your knife down and pressing pressing print yeah, it really isn't that easy um it's you know just the same as if you talk to any sort of machinists about milling that kind of thing you know the feed rates and all that they play a massive massive part in the final product so yeah a bit more experimenting with that and i'll be ready to share some of the stuff that i've been working on how are you how much how much time do you have in the day do you have like extra hours you like, well, I mean, you like, you're running a successful uh, podcast empire, sending out hundred knives. Empire. <laughs> I mean, you're the czar of the Nakery Network. You go on camping <laughs> trips. You got two kids. You got houses and cabins now. What's going on with you? We get like a group of people helping you doing all this stuff, or what? <laughs> What's going on with you? <laughs> you're busy. You're busy. I just no. It's I. I've, I've had to change the way I work a lot since the babies have been born because my my wife is still the you know the the, the sole bread earner and that not the sole breadwinner but the chief bread earner of the house she brings in far more money than me, um so I'm with the babies you know most of the time in in work hours so I'm lucky that they they sleep a fair bit at the moment so you know during the day they'll have sort of a three hour around about three hours so that's three hours solid work in the shop. Um, they then go to bed by sort of seven and my wife has finished work by then as well. So we'll have dinner together. Then I can get back into the shop and I'm generally here till about midnight. Um, back up in the morning, I generally do the, the podcasts first thing before anybody wakes up. So by sort of 9am, the podcast should be done and all, all ready to go. So it's just about splitting right. my time up into, right. into different sort of sections, really. Very and efficient. then at the weekends, generally the weekends I can work all weekend, but... Um, I get that sort of nag on my shoulder of you know we we haven't spent much time together we need to do stuff as a family so it it's always a, that's always a balancing act and you know I love doing that as well so yeah hardworking yeah. guys are you sleeping like 
six hours a night? Oh, at least, at least, yeah. Really? Been, yes, I, I, I get generally about seven. Mm. I mean, <laughs> Jeff's saying really, but what I find strange is I get messages from Jeff like all through the night yeah. and all different times of day. <laughs> and I'm sure Jeff doesn't sleep. I tell you, Jeff probably gets what you get three or four hours a day. I found something that I love more. I I love drinking seltzer water, and I love having a cold, a ice cold seltzer water. By the bed, and then I don't know it's the, the salt or I don't know what's going on, but in the middle of the night, I'm taking these giant schlugs, and the next thing you know, at three o'clock in the morning, I got to take a leak. So then, as soon as I take a leak, the dogs all of a sudden, oh, you're up! I'm ready to go to the bathroom too. So I got to take the goddamn dogs outside. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so it's like, and then I get back to bed, and I'm just like, oh, I just have to get back to bed, and all of a sudden, I, you know, just see what's going on in the world. And I, yeah, I don't, mm. I don't sleep well. Six hours would yeah. be a luxury. All right, well, what is this? Sleep talk? Come on, get back. <laughs> I tell you what, let's talk about combat abrasives. Make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers, available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get fifteen percent off with the promo code Knife Talk fifteen. Do it now. Do it now. 15% off all abrasives, uh, and they do more than just abrasives now as well. So go take a look, combatabrasives.com, 15% off with Knife Talk 15. Jeff, I think you've got some dilemmas for us, haven't you? Dilemma time. Dilemma time. I'm not going to play that jingle because Thank for some you. reason you got offended by no, it. I didn't get so offended. It it's just, it's like, it was like, no, I'm not offended. I don't get offended by much. All right. Okay. So dilemma time is a time where you can send us a message and it can be a question or it can be like, give us a dilemma and we can talk about it. Now, the first one comes from a friend of ours. I'm going to leave him anonymous. Uh, and then he was referring to the Jasonite episode. Now, before I read it, I want to say I had a nice conversation with this guy. He is totally pro Jasonite and everything we're doing. I, I told him we we're going to put this in and I kept his name out of it just because blah, blah, blah. All right. So he says, uh, I was a great episode, but I didn't like the part about there not being secrets. Uh, one time I asked Jason how he got his knives so dark, and his response was, come take one of my classes and I'll show you. Well, I don't really have $1,500 to learn uh, how to darken my blades, and that was the moment I kind of was like soured on the whole thing. Now, I responded back, and it's all good. He's a good dude. I'm 100% with this good. I, I thought it was a very good dilemma. Is that, do you understand the question? It wasn't really a question, but he was just saying, hmm. talking about everybody gives away their ideas and... At what point is are these ideas for free, or how do you feel about you know getting a couple bucks for some of your tips and ideas? You get the you get the idea, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, I genuinely think that most people um, want to be helpful. Right. It's in us. It's you know if somebody asks us a question, you want to give them an answer, and and it's helpful. I think maybe in this case, I, I know Jason talked about on the show that a lot of his income comes from private classes. So he's he's doing he's protecting his income, which is perfectly perfectly understandable. And I think if you've got a way, it, I mean, my way of things, my way of thinking is is if I've got a way of doing something which everybody else does anyway, but maybe my way could speed it up or could make it a little bit easier. I'm more than happy to share that. But a good example is now I'm I'm doing a lot of sort of laser etching, which we've just talked about, um, and I've had so many messages from people saying. Which which laser have you got? Um, and if I get one, can you show me how to use it and right. stuff? And I'm like, well, I, I want to be helpful, but I don't have the time to show you how to use sort of 
you know, d- design programs. And it, it, I say it's not just putting a blade down and pressing print. There's there's a lot that goes into it. And I think if people haven't done any research into anything, I'm not really willing to help them that much, because you know I've mm-hmm. I've done a, a shit ton of research into this. But if if somebody has done a lot of research and they're genuinely stuck on something, and if you know, if I can help in any way, I'm more than happy to. But when I find people who haven't put any effort in and, and who think what you do is super, super simple and just like, yeah, can you just tell me how to do that? I think that's that's it's sort of quite rude. Um, so I generally wouldn't help them simply because, right. you know, it's, it's not easy to, 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 to tell people how to do something that, that, that can take you so long to learn anyway. Um, so I think that's twofold. I think, yeah, one is if it's, you know, training is part of your business. I'm not, I'm not saying you're keeping your secrets, but you're, you're trying to drum a business as well. You, you want people to take the course. That's that's perfectly fine. And the other bit is, if people aren't putting any research in at all, then they come and ask you a big technical question. Just like, I haven't got time for this. What do you think, Breco? I'm, I actually, I 100% agree with Craig. And I've, I've come up against it. That's twice yes. in one day. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've had the same thing happen to me. I, ha- I had some kid message me saying oh i'm getting into knife making and i hope to, i'm looking to learn damascus i'm 15 years old he, this person basically hadn't even taken their own like their first knife making class and they wanted me to that i had already done like a pattern welded wednesday and they wanted me to elaborate and make a video taking them step by step through the forging process and all There's i could only... think is mm-hmm. dude you haven't even done anything who even knows if you're going to make it that far? And if you 15. do, I mean, I mean, he's, you know, he doesn't even have armpit hair. Fifteen. I mean, you could give him a little break, right? <laughs> no, fuck him. No, oh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> wow, yeah, you know, don't isolate that part. Oh, geez, I'm with you. Yeah, I no, agree. I agree. So yeah, so yeah, and I was just like, listen, I, what I put out there already is plenty. If once you get to that point where you're making Damascus, that is enough information for you. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's just it's really frustrating, and I, it, the real, you know, I, I I love the knife making community, and I love the the kind of like the brotherhood of it, and and how everybody, um, it just I've made so many great friends just like you guys through this community. I think, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, everybody is so open and sharing with their information. But I think kind of the reality is a a lot of people share the stuff that is already out there. They're not really sharing anything that if somebody had spent 10 minutes Googling or looking on YouTube could have found. Uh, So it's easy to share that kind of stuff when it comes to something that might be a little bit more innovative or a different approach to because there's tons of ways to blacken a blade but if if what jason is doing and jason's been in it you know knife making for a long time he knows like if if what he's doing is very unique or if it's the same run-of-the-mill shit as anybody else does if it's the same run-of-the-mill shit i'm sure he would have said yeah just use gun blowing yeah but yeah part of the reason is it is his own innovation it's his own process it is his own way of doing it and it is his right because nobody showed that to him to keep that to himself unless you are willing to take a class with him or something like that i don't think there's anything wrong with that a lot of people tell me that i shouldn't be giving away all my damascus stuff i don't have a problem with it because i know it's such a pain in the ass to do in the first place i'm just trying to be helpful with 
to people who and and also kind of selfishly hoping that like i love seeing what joshua prince does and so Mm -hmm. i get re-inspired by sharing stuff with josh and then he does something crazy with it and then i get re-inspired by it so i also kind of do it from a selfish standpoint in a way because i want to keep learning and part of that is seeing what other people do with the information but you know i don't i don't see anything wrong with the whole you know what jason you know jason's choice to not share well no it wasn't yeah. it quite it wasn't it wasn't or in the whole it wasn't that stuff. it was here's the thing here's the thing what what are the things is is you know and i say this with pride knife makers are thieves and there's a lot of times you'll teach somebody something or you'll show somebody something and even if it was a simple thing like i had asked an a knife maker a number of years ago about how they got a super super dark finish on their on the tops of their blades and the guy wrote me back he's like it's a family secret and i was like okay i was like eh, you know i mean we're not you know, I'm not planning on doing that, but at the same time, it was just like, it was a little bit irritated, but at the same time, we're, we're I understand the reason why the, the people, you teach somebody something that's simple, but it's simple, and what they end up doing is they make your shit. So I can understand the frustration from people, and I, I see it all the time. I get, I, people send me messages all the time. Look, this dude's starting to make your knives. And I have to just shrug your shoulders and be like, well, I obviously told them how to do that. And and it's fine. But at the same time, it's like, if I can't be more, personally, it irritates the shit out of me. But at the same time, I'm like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm, it's not a, the most original shit. And I'm hoping to make my stuff more a, small evolutions. Now, in regards to somebody wanting to get paid, I'm for that, especially if it's something great. And I'll tell you what, if you get that new, uh, the Jason Knight Forge series for 50 bucks is worth it. And he shows you how to make his knife. And what's going to happen is people are going to start to make his knife. And that's it, period. I I actually cut out, uh, I want to do the exact knife that he did. I'm not going to make it as part of the, it's not going to be, you know, my new, my new limited edition. I'm not going to make that, but people do that. You teach them how to do something, and then they're, hey, thanks, man, I really appreciate it. What do you think of what I just did? It's like, hmm. well, I mean, you fucking are, you know, you're kind of sullying the whole situation here, and it kind of sucks. So I don't blame him at all. I don't blame him at all. I agree with everything you guys said. Ready for another dilemma, guys, or you want to keep going? Go for it. Right. Yeah. This is one, this one, uh, all right, this one comes from WCSBR Forge. So, Jeff, I was listening to your dilemma episode, and I have a dilemma I'd like to share. It involves, quote, friends and business. I'm fairly new maker, and I've been at it for a little over a year or two. Uh, when I was getting close to what I thought was a quality product, I decided to make some knives mainly for acquaintances. At just a hair over the cost of the materials, uh, as a perp, as the purpose being these are test blades, mainly just to get my knives in the field and test it out. Um, doing all those and getting the feedback from the people who had the knives. I vastly improved my product in many ways, including heat treating oven, paper, uh, proper quench oils, and uh, I'm, I don't feel like I'm nowhere near great, but I feel like I'm now a decent maker. All that being said, I find it hard to walk the line uh, of cutting a buddy a deal on a knife and charging full price because I have bills to pay. There, um, there are some that know a quality blade and system paying full price. And then you have uh, those people who say, you know, 
uh, they're expecting a deal. Uh, it's hard to knock mm. off $50 when you can sell it for a full price, you know. Uh, is it a dick move not to cut a friend a deal? Uh, I'm way more apt to cut ones uh, that don't want a deal um, while charging these cheap motherfuckers that expect to want a full price. While <laughs> charging the cheap charging the cheap fuckers that oh yeah so basically like if somebody says to you he's like what's the friends and family discount especially yeah, if you're right on the line this week go ahead i've had one this week from a from a cousin actually um a cousin and from a cousin that and cousin. i, I Jeez. yeah and it, yeah, we're pretty close i suppose oh, yeah? we're pretty close and um yeah and it was via facebook he's just oh man you're nice look great you know um when the next one's come out you know can i have one you know and it's like I I wouldn't feel comfortable selling full price, and this is just this is just me because we're you know we're, we're quite a close family, and and I wouldn't generally feel comfortable selling at full price. So my response to him was, if you want to jump on the mailing list, um, I can make sure I put one aside for you. So that way he knows um, what the price is going to be, and he's going to have to pay online like everybody else. But I'm doing him a favour by saying, you know, I'll, I'll make sure there's one put aside for you, kind of right. thing. Um, but you're it's, not it's cutting him a difficult. deal. You're not cutting him a deal. No, yes, yeah, so I'm not like... cutting him a deal. But I, I'm saying I can guarantee you one if you know if, if oh, it comes down to them made selling. Made it sound it. like you're going to give him a deal. Well, it is a deal. That's oh, the way I'm looking at it. That, yeah. that's, that's the way he thinks it is too, and that's the most important thing. He thinks he's having oh, a deal. Yeah. Mind control. <laughs> you're giving him the old whoopsie yeah, doodle. But it, but it it is difficult because I, I'm the worst for you know friends and family uh, you know it was that just this week as well we had another member member of the family and Amy was like oh it's their birthday and I've forgotten and I've got I've got a bunch of finished knives here and I had some spare that I, I talked about earlier that I was and I was just like well should I just send them a knife and she's like well no because we wouldn't normally spend this amount of money on them and I was like yeah you're right you're right you're right but I, I am the worst just uh, yeah family and friends and and it is difficult but. Yeah, try and think how you can sort of let them down, but maybe they still think oh, they're getting a deal. It's ball-breaking time. you got a fucking ball. I mean, that that is like, especially <laughs> some people who want a deal, they always want a deal. I know, yeah, guys. I hate any sort of confrontation. It, it, wouldn't, it would never be a confrontation, but it's always going to be a sort of battle of wills, and uh, I just back down at any point. With, oh, with you back things. down and you cave? I, I'm the worst. Oh, I'm the worst. You cave? So... I want to be seen as as a nice guy by everybody, and that's my problem. It's a big problem of mine. We're getting oh, we're talking psych talk again here. We'll, we'll save well, this. How for does it make show. you feel? <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you get him to come in and work for you for a little bit? Say so you know good, what, good maybe idea. work it off, motherfucker. Good idea. Yeah, cousin asshole. But, uh, <laughs> I'll let him down. I hope he's not listening now because because yeah. it's only this week he discovered the podcast as well. And he's like, "Oh, you do a podcast as well?" Oh, oh yeah. Shit. Was he want to deal on that too? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to send him a. You got to. Oh, don't worry, cousin asshole. I'm with you. I'm just kidding. Yeah. We'll set you one that's aside. The thing. He, he didn't ask. He didn't ask for a discount, right. but I felt as if I sh- should be giving. Oh, him one. oh, well, that's different. Then he's you know, not cousin asshole. I, I have totally exactly. apologize. Like, I apologize for saying that because you made it seem <laughs> oh, no, like he, he, didn't, he didn't ask for a deal. Oh well, then but I apologize I, I, completely. You're not an asshole me. at all. It's all. It's all me. Oh, it's all you're me. An I feel as if I kidding. should be. I am an no, asshole. It, 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 Let's change the subject. People know that every Monday morning. But <laughs> Come on, man. It's all. It's all me in my head, and I. Yeah. So. It's difficult. Come on, so, well, man. I mean, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> no. I mean, I I kind of think I've I haven't sold any knives to any friends or family. Um, but if you think about like 
in the production of the thing of the knife you have to think about uh obviously the cost of the material is a big part of it but the the, the bigger part of the equation is your time so if you stop and kind of just think for a second all right well what kind of time would i voluntarily give to this friend family member whoever it is um if i was going to help them say move or something like that you know i've i've gone and helped friends move spend the whole day moving shit with them using my own truck and shit like that you know if i'm willing to put that much time and effort i feel like that's the amount of time and effort and energy i can afford to discount in a way if i if i were to mm. if come up against that um so i don't know but you, you get you get dudes from like followers like friends of joe rogan who creep in your dm saying i'm friends with joe can you give me a discount I mean, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, you didn't tell me that. I'm just, I just know it has to be. Oh yeah. No, that definitely happens. I actually, just this week, I had this guy that's been messaging with me and he's like, you know, I have all these, I have almost half a million followers on my, I think it's on his YouTube or, oh, sorry. One of his Facebook pages. Right. And then on his YouTube, he has almost 50,000 followers. And I'm looking at the number of views and the engagement and it's dog shit. It's not almost nothing. And all I can think is great. This person is bought followers and then is now using those followers as leverage in a way to try to get free shit. And he thinks he's going to get a free knife off of me and it's not happening at all. And in fact, one of the things that he's like, you know, I saw your knife on this other, uh, YouTuber chefs, uh, channel. That's really cool. What he doesn't understand is not only did that guy buy that knife, he waited for that knife. That was the same right. thing that happened with Joe. You know, Joe bought the, like, he waited two years. He paid for the knives. He didn't take anything for free, and he still promoted. He, he did an incredible job promoting me. It was awesome. And so, but anyways, going back to the friends and family discount, I think, you know, if you're, if you're worried about, like, a $50 discount to friends and family, just think about it in this way. Like, what's that time worth to you? Would you have helped that person, you know, with some remodeling project or moving stuff? How much time would you invest in them doing other stuff that you would not expect to get paid for? And if it's more than $50 worth, fucking give them a $50 discount, whatever. Look at that. You know, I like that. I like that response completely. I don't, I don't like it when people ask for fucking discounts when they come out and say it. I, I, I just don't find that to be grotesque. I, I, when I buy knives from knife makers, I would never ask for a discount. Never. I just, I just think that I have too much respect for what people are doing by hand. I'm just like, I'm not, this isn't, you know, this isn't Chisler's corner. You know, I, I want to get you what you want. You want to do a read and then another question or? Shall we? Shall we? Um, so let's talk about our, I mean, we talked about briefly earlier that the fact that I'd done a hundred mirror finishes over the last sort of 10 days or so. Um, and I couldn't do that without using Indasa, um, sandpaper. So Rhino Wet from Indasa, the best, the best stuff. I went from an 800 grit up to a 3000 grit in about 35 minutes per blade. That's both sides of per blade. So yeah, it's going to save you time. And if it's saving you time, it's saving you money. So go across to Texas Power Supply. They stock Indasa, the Rhino Wet. They stock so much other stuff as well for knife makers. Head on over to TexasFireSupply.com and we can get you a discount. Use Knife Talk 10 and get your 10% off your order. You will not regret it. I have another interesting dilemma if you guys want. Uh, this one comes yes, from Ryan Ennis. 
Hello there, fellas. I'm not sure whether or not to classify this as a dilemma, a question, or a beef, so just I'll just shoot. I brought some pricey, at least to me, handle scales a few months ago from a well-known maker and never received them. The maker has since removed this product from their website and is no longer making them. I've tried to contact them several times via email and Instagram, but haven't gotten a response. Should I continue to persist or take the L and move on? Appreciate your help. Love the show. Do you take the L? Do you just say, whatever? Or do you fucking... What's the L? Take the, lo- the loss. Take the oh, L. okay, okay. Um, if they're not responding to you, that's, that's a bit weird, I think. Um, Well-known maker. I think he wants us to say mm. you should blast him on Instagram. That's what I think he's no. wanting us to say. No, we wouldn't do that. But, um, yeah, I, I, find, uh, yeah, I think it's weird if they're not responding. I know sometimes things happen and maybe they've been lost in shipping or maybe even the order has been lost or whatever. But, you know, they, sh- they should be at least responding. Um, I find that a, that a bit strange. But um, right. what, <laughs> I think you're at the point of what can you do, I suppose. Um if it if it's a huge order and we're talking sort of you know hundreds of dollars for you know bunches of things, um, personally I may even sort of if I've tried DMing them and I've tried emailing them and I'm getting nothing, I may try and sort of shame them out of it by sort of adding them and saying, well, what's going on? Where's my stuff? Um, but you know if it's if it's not that bit that bigger sort of deal financially. I don't know. It's a difficult one. I don't ah, know. That's why it's called a dilemma know. there, Craig. I mean, I mean it is. It's a dilemma. You're right. You're right. Um, maybe find them on a different channel, maybe. Maybe they they use YouTube or maybe they use Twitter or something like that and maybe send a DM on a different channel. They may – it could be completely innocent. They just could be swamped with messages and we all have But if they've taken it off their website, then they know that either they can't do it or it's no good or whatever. I mean – it seems as though they're yeah, doing they could something. Have just sold out, maybe. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I find. Yeah, it would. It would. It would irritate me that they're not responding, and yeah, I. I I'd go on a personal manhunt and find them on <laughs> maybe on a on a different medium and yeah. see if you can reach out to them that way. And if that doesn't work, I think you've got to swallow it if it's not too much of a financial burden. If it's a big burden, you're going to have to sort of. I wouldn't say publicly shame them, but I'd say people like to do that. Just at them and say, "Hey, I'm really looking forward to my scale. Do you know when they're coming?" For example, just something like that. You know, it, it you don't have to sort of shame them, but reach out to them publicly, and maybe that could give them the shift. I don't know. Yeah, it's a hard one. I mean, it's a principle yeah. thing. Yeah. Also, at some point, I feel like at least for me, it would be a principle thing, and it's mm. you know, do you publicly shame them, or I don't know. But at the same time, like, what the fuck? Like you put a thing yeah. up for sale and then you don't send it and you're, ign- I don't know if, obviously we don't know if they're willing, willfully ignoring the person. Um, but, you know, if they're a well-known knife maker, you know, I yeah, just like Craig was saying, um, you know, maybe their phone number's on their website. Um, if they're an ABS journeyman smith or master smith, uh, you can actually go to the American Blazemith Society's website and they have all the journeyman smiths and Master Smith's listed there on the page, as well as like their contact information. Yeah, but I mean, why is... they keep that public, I don't know why. But while it's still public, if they are one of those people, you can get a hold of them directly and say, "Hi, 
What's happening? I got a feeling um, this is like scales, like it's a pine cone with some resin in it. You know, I don't know if this is an ABS situation. I think this is like a dude, <clears throat> right. you know, putting some, you know, mm. royal blue in a pine cone and cutting it up into <laughs> scales. That it's still yeah. the principle, I, I, maybe, though, Jeff. God damn it! <laughs> I mean, take a look at their at, at their sort of social stuff. Are they being responsive to other people? Or have they, you know, who knows? They could have fallen off the place, face of the planet if they're, if they're not updating anything anyway. Um, but if they are, they re- responded to comments and things like that, just drop them a comment. And, and it doesn't have to be, you know, in shame. It could be, hey, I'm, re- as I say, I'm looking forward to these scales. Um, have you got any idea when they'll be shipping, that kind of thing? Yeah. And just maybe try and start a conversation that way. It's really... Right, it's- Go ahead. Oh, uh- I was just going to say, it's kind of a dilemma in, in two ways, you know, if they are a well-known maker and then you, and maybe like if I, you know, I don't know who's asking the question, I can't remember, but if they're not as well-known or not as popular or not as many followers, part of the concern of publicly shaming them is the idea that you're potentially, you know, burning a bridge with somebody right. that you, maybe you want to connect with. I mean, if That's you're right. buying stuff yeah. from them, then... And I wouldn't say publicly shaming, but I think the act of sort of commenting is is shaming. You're not intentionally going there to shame them. Yeah. But I think that is basically what would be happening, you know. Obviously, when we type things, it the intention doesn't come out as nicely as possible. Sometimes things yeah. get a little bit misconstrued. Uh, right, Josh Scott? Uh, he and I had a... <laughs> he misconstrued something I wrote to him, and he was little irritated with me, which... Josh, we're all good. You and me, we're all good. I apologize for for, for misconstruing, for making me sound misconstrued. Okay, so what I'm going to say about this is, is the problem is, is we're all we've created this like nice community. You go to Blade Show, you you're friendly with everybody, and then you expect to get what you would give out. You're you're be expecting to be treated the way you'd want to treat someone else, and it doesn't happen. And a lot of times, there are problems. I cannot stand when there's bad customer service and I'll give you a little example. We've been slammed lately. And what we do is when we get our orders in, we stack them in batches. Tony couldn't get back to this one person fast enough. And I don't blame him. He's like under a buried under a pile of emails. He's trying to figure out ways in which to sort them. And the person slipped into my DMS and said, you know, I'm trying to get a hold of you to, in order to what's going on with it. Blah, blah. I stopped everything and I said, and I wrote a nice email. I said, let's, let's, let me, let's do a conversation. You know, I gave her my number and I said, let's talk tomorrow. And then I talked to her husband, got all squared away. Everything's fine. I, I felt badly that it wasn't, that it, this person wasn't slipped to the cracks, but I wanted them to feel as though they're getting the attention that they deserve. I think customer service is super important. And when I don't hear, see that from other people, it does drive me crazy. And in, I don't believe in public shaming because it's just like, it just seems like, obviously, you don't know all this, the whole story, but I do like maybe sending them, putting a message in their comments saying, hey, I'm really fired up about my, um, my scales. Hey, check your DMs because I have a question for you. I think there are ways yeah, in which... That kind of thing. I think, yeah. you know, conversation is a combination lock. And if you know the combination, you're going to get what you want. But if you start fighting it and struggling it, you're just going to get people pissed off and everything's not going to go to whatever. Conversation is like a combination. That's right, box. baby. You need to have. To. Did not that's read one that. of those books you've been no, reading. No, no, no. That's it? that's Vader style. That's 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 me all day. I came up with that shit a long time ago. But I am now. Re- I don't want to talk about it. But on the Full Blast podcast with Moonshine Metalwork, I did talk about my future, my future 
plans in, in regards to podcasting, interviewing, and it is a little mm. bit nefarious. A little bit. And I'm going to leave it there. I got one more easy dilemma. Not a dilemma that's going to be, you know, a real head scratcher. But this comes from River okay. to Shoot Leather. All right, here's my dilemma. If you have $50 to buy your kid their first knife to beat the shit out of it. Well, he said beat the snot out of it. Until they uh, break it or lose it, what knife would you choose and why? Dilemma. Look at you hey. with your lip slapping. That's, your, that's the dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly Go what ahead. I'd buy. And I'd keep 45 bucks in my pocket, oh, fucking too. Oh, open L. All right, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would. Yeah. I would. I'm a big fan of open L's. I, I use them very, very... i got a big bunch of them here. I'm always using them to open in packages. You sent me thing. one. They, yeah, you can, they, you can abuse them. They're cheap, cheap to replace. The blades hold a very good edge. Um, they, I, I think they're, they're great. And they also do like a kid's range where they, they round off the point as well. So like a kid's first knife, that kind of thing. So. And they're like seven or eight euros. They're, they're, they're cheap. You know, it's the kind of thing if you lose, just like, oh, I'll just pick up another one next time in the shop. Yeah. Fucking good answer. Um, I'm big fan. Big good fan. answer. What do you think, Mareko? Mm-hmm. I think 50 that's bucks. a great answer. I, I think, yeah, I think that's a great answer to for, for something that's potentially going to get lost in the first day or two. Uh, don't spend a lot of money. <laughs> I think here in the States, an Opinel is, uh, is usually around closer to like 20 bucks depending on where you're getting it from. But um, still, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a good starter knife for sure. I would go between, I would immediately thought of a Victorinox. A Victorinox, like a Swiss Army knife. You can get those mm. for under 50 bucks. And then I started thinking, I was like, those are great. I lo-. And you know what? For some reason, there's something about those, the, the red and then, you know, the construction and all the, the different things. Yeah. You f- when you're a kid, you feel like you have something. You know, it feels like this is like a real thing. I think they're awesome. Actually, Tony brought me one back from when he was in Switzerland, and I have it in the box hanging up. I just like looking at it hung in the wall. It looks great. Nice. The other thing I'd say is I like the Leathermans a lot. Leatherman, Leatherman, Leathermans. <laughs> Leatherman's pretty awesome. Oh, you, we talk about a multi-tool. You can't get better than a Leatherman. I'm hoping they're going to sponsor us because I'll give you a read. That you, <laughs> the Wave the wave is like 100 bucks, but you can get one for under 50. I love those goddamn things. Things are awesome. Mm. Yeah. What, what were the first one you said again? Leather, with the red handle? Uh, 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 Victorinox. Victorinox. What do you... Say it again. It's not a. You, I know. I'm gonna say it again. It's a Victor Knox. <laughs> it's either Victor Knox or Victor Knox. I, I bet. Go Craig's ahead. Gonna say Victorionix. Yeah. But it's that's no. What are you gonna say? <laughs> Victor Inox. Victor Inox. Victorinox. Yeah, the the inox is the is, fucking... is, is French for it's a stainless steel basically. So it's Victor with inox at the end. Victorinox. Victorinox. <laughs> That sounds like a cough syrup. <laughs> I don't know. I, I call him. Who cares? I mean, I, okay. I, who cares? You're right. I don't know. I mean, you know, blah blah blah. Victor Knox. Yeah. Victor Knox. Anyway, good answers. We had some some yeah. So so Opinels, Victor Knox, um, oh, and yeah, just stuff. Leathermans, yeah, because they're gonna get lost. They're gonna get abused. Um, yeah, simple as that, really. Shall we take a couple more questions, then call it a day? Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, 
Can I ask you a question? Right, if I find a question and you guys looked, we've got a massive list here today of questions. Well, you like so the dilemmas. The dilemmas are good. You want to keep going with the dilemma? You They're like good. those. All right. And I'm t- t- yeah. you don't get to hear them first. I love it. Glad. Good. I like them. I like them. Okay, so uh, Matt Malicote says, so not knife-related, but I have to know what audio equipment you guys use. Um, I know Craig will go all over this in his new podcast, <laughs> but I'm dying to know. My wife is starting a podcast. Oh, we've done this one. Yeah, come we've on, man. It. You've done it. We've done it. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Let me have a look. Do you, how about that one from uh, Josiah Weibleke? Weibel. You know that one? Yes, that's a good one. That's a good one. Go ahead. When making the jump from a 1x30 to a great 2x72, what are some things to keep in mind? Um, and we got a very similar question, actually, from oh. uh, J- Josiah Woodbuck. So the first one was from... Oh, geez, <laughs> these names, I can't read them. Change your names, you little <laughs> <think> bastards. <laughs> Goat Sea Knives. <laughs> oh, Jesus. D- d- <laughs> I, think it's, I don't think it's Goat Sea. Goat Sea. But yeah, I hope it's not goat sea because if people are googling goat sea, they're not going to be. I think to... it's gets. I think it's gets eye knives. Gets eye is it right? Okay, gets eye knives. So they ask about uh, we're making the jump from a one by thirty to a two by seventy two. What are some things to keep in mind? But uh, Josiah Weibik. <laughs> it's no, it's it's Weibel. I I mean that K should have been an L. Okay. Anyway, all these names that I can't pronounce, they're asking similar questions. The second one is, I know you're sponsored by Broadback, but I would honestly, in I'm in the market for the grinder right now. Why should I go with Broadback or another brand? So we, we'll put this over to Jeff. And the, so it's the two questions here, Jeff. Um, things to keep in mind from a 1 by 30 to a 2 by 72 and why we'd, we'd suggest a Broadback. Well, I'll tell you that a 1 by 30 is fine and it's great. And they're, the belts are cheaper, but they're also shorter and smaller. Um, I think that if you're getting a 2x72 grinder, you are the reason we're getting this 72 is you're getting 72 inches of nice abrasives. So you're you're going to have more wear on your belts, and you're going to actually have more abrasives, so you're going to be able to do work a little bit harder, uh, longer, not harder. Broadback Ironworks, I'll tell you why I like Broadback Ironworks. These are, this is Ryan and Vince, and they are knife makers, and they're making... They wanted to design a grinder that would make life easier for other knife makers because they're knife makers and they know what they like and don't like about grinders. So they designed this grinder to be, if they, they, when I talked to Vince, he said to me, I wanted to make one, uh, I was talking to Ryan and Vince. We wanted to make a grinder that if it was one guy in a shop, he wouldn't have to get a ton of different grinders. He wouldn't have to have three or four grinders. This is the one that handles everything he's going to need or she's going to need without a lot of nonsense. So one of the things is you can turn it, uh, you can use it vertically and horizontally. They have very affordable uh, different attachments. So you don't have to buy the arms all the time. Everything kind of locks into uh, the slack belt arm. Uh, They wanted to make sure that it was, you know, they saved you money because they don't, if they painted it, it would be twice the price. So it's unpainted and you put it together. Once again, it saves on the shipping. So they're trying to make something of value. Uh, for you, they made an, uh, they, I know they make long knives, so they made the rest, the work rest, very long and adjustable. So if you're using a jig, you can slide a long chef's knife along it without falling off the side. You know what I'm talking about? Or having to make another one. Um, they're trying to give you value 
and I, it's not about cheap. It's about value. When we were talking to uh, Jason Knight last week, he was talking about stop it with the cheap. You know, you want something of value that you can actually resell too. So I think that Broadback Ironworks does a great job. And if you go to broadbackironworks.com and you put in Knife Talk 10, they're going to give you 10% off. And they're having new attachments all the time. I know that they just did a... Um, they just did uh, a, um, a surface grinder attachment, and they got they're gonna have uh, another attachment for different uh, you know integral bolster uh, transition grinding, and you got uh, different types of uh, contact wheels and stuff. It's a great company. I support them because I like their intentions, and I like the fact that they're trying to give you something that will help you uh, further what you're doing. Does that answer the question without cool. sounding like a commercial? I think it right. does. Yeah, I think it does. As you rightly said at the beginning, if you're using a one by thirty, and I've seen some amazing work people using by one by thirties, you know, good for you. But personally, I saw a massive leap in in quality and the speed in which I can do things by using a two by seventy two. Um, the one by thirty, I've used probably two or three of them. And the you know the the motors burn out and th- there's just not much power in them you know you can hog them down really really easily, so yeah jumping up to two by seventy two is is massive it's massive. So have you guys got any questions? Shall we go? Yeah. Shall we take a question each? Yeah. Um, if you go down the bottom of the list, they they seem to be ones we haven't seen before. I got one from Joshua Perkins. He says, "Hey gents, I, uh, can I ask you a question? This is for Mister Fader and Mister Lockwood. Uh, you both talk about making restaurants sets of steak knives or chef's knives. Have you ever checked up to see um, how they've held up in the industrial setting, knowing they probably get dropped or sent through to the dishwashing machine? Uh, great show. Thanks for all the work. So." follow-ups on big sets in the restaurant industry yes um i so any restaurant order that i do um i i will in a year's time i will then go back and re-wax them um give them the sharpen which you know they probably would have been sharpened in that time anyway because they're you know they're, they're for daily use um but i'll just give them a sort of touch-up and i see this as a way of of upselling because a lot of restaurants they they change their decor quite regularly they change their dishes quite regularly i've been really lucky to work with sort of high-end restaurants who they they you know they make a big deal when they get a new menu and they, they buy all new crockery to match it and all that kind of thing so keeping a good relationship with them is key because you want to be providing more knives to them so i always offer that you know a yearly checkup on the knives and that'll be you know a, a you know making sure they're still performing as they should but the the real thing really is you're there to sort of upsell them and see if you know see if they want anything else what about you jeff do you do any sort of um checking no. up later when you know once once no <laughs> no <laughs> i mean i don't really make steak <laughs> knives for like restaurants and stuff i want the only time i was going to is i was gonna make some steak knives for the voltaggio brothers and then I kind of started to, when they started, to, we started to talk about volume and stuff. I said, so what are you going to do when people walk out with them? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, you know, walk out with them. You have to have like a, <laughs> a plan in place in order to, you know, like, mm. so then that, that was the end of that. I was like, <laughs> I gave them too much like reality. <laughs> and I'm like, because yeah. I'm not going to, I mean, if somebody walks out with one, I'm not going to just like replace it for free. You know, you gotta, yeah. you know, so uh, no, I, I don't, I don't. 
Uh, once in a while, somebody reaches out. I will, you know, says, hey, what's going on about that? And I'll say, hey, how's that knife working out? And good, good, or, you know, whatever. But I don't really, I don't do that. Get out of my life. I generally don't with with the sort of one-off orders, um, but with restaurants, um, I find it, you know, I've had multiple orders again, you know, from restaurants, um, but just by offering that. And I say, I mean, you, you say you go in there to, you know, to, you know, check up on things and make sure everything's before, you know, give it everything a touch-up, I suppose. Um, but but the the purpose of that really is to, you know, stay on their books if they need anything else or, or hopefully make the sale when you return. Yes. Jeff, do you have any more I have questions? a question from Riley Allison. Would any of you ever try to make a ballet song or butterfly knife? They're not. Uh, they are a lot more simple than liner locks or other folding knives. Um, and I was very curious because, because I would like to see more knife makers takes on ballet songs. Make a butterfly knife? No. 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 I'm all right. No? No, neither. I, you know what the funny thing is? Is I actually <laughs> thought about it because I was I tried to, I was thinking about it. I was looking at something. And I mean, it's not really for me. But at the same time, I was like, I wanted to do like a Brute de Forge style one. I think I saw Nick Rossi do one. But I thought because of the way I do my friction folders with the angle, I thought it would be cool to make, uh, see, not cool, but see if I could make um a ballet song using the bent angles the way i do and i was i like the idea of how the spines of the angles would come together and i was trying i was thinking about it i mean it's not really on the top of my i mean i got a lot of little things i'd love to do if i had the time i don't seem to have the time but if you guys don't like that question i got another one this one from a couple of weeks ago let's just let's just answer this question this comes yeah. from let's just i just want to answer oh, that one okay. quickly as well um, because now I've got a bit more time on my hands to play a bit more again because I'm in between sort of big batches now. Um, I do want to try different styles of knives because I've been doing, you know, the same chef knife for a couple of years and the table knives that, you know, there's little sort of changes to them each time there's a restaurant. But generally the, the blade shape is pretty much the same. The handle shapes may change and so on, that kind of thing. Um, but I am actually doing a, a Bowie knife, um, which I've started. Um, so I think that'll be a few weeks before I'm ready to share that. But yeah, it's a completely different Whoa. style to anything a that I've ever done before. A Bowie knife. I've never done that kind of knife. So yeah, that'll be cool. I, Sorry. I uh, uh, Bowie. Word. You call Craig, Bowie? How do you is say it? David Bowie? <laughs> do you say David Bowie? Uh, Bowie, I'd say. Yeah. Oh. What would you say? Bowie. Yeah, I'd say okay. Bowie too. Bowie. But some knife okay. makers call maybe, it Bowie. Maybe I give the game away a little bit there. <laughs> some of them say Bowie. Oh, you're going to make a David Bowie knife? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not a, not a, uh, okay, a Bowie knife. Um, it's not a Bowie knife. No, it's a chef knife, but it's, it, it's for a David Bowie fan. I'm going to make a Bob oh, calling it the Bowie knife. <laughs> I'm going to make a Baba. I'm going to make a Baba Bowie knife. Never mind. Yeah. So, somebody will get that. Chris, um, Ca so Chris Cash fun. and John will get that one. All right, last thing, and let's just put this to bed, Morocco. This is directed to you. Let's just put this fucker uh -oh. to bed. Hey, man, this comes from Matt Dixon. Hey, man, I ask a question. What's Morocco's beef with Bear Grylls? A couple episodes ago, we had a <laughs> somebody. We had a question. You did, Bear, did you? you made a noise. Strong reaction. You had a strong reaction. <laughs> we had a Bear Grylls question. You're like, oh, that fucking guy. And I immediately assumed he reached into your DMs to get a free one. But oh, I mean, no. people are people are all <laughs> writing in saying, "What's Morocco's beef with Bear Grylls?" So make one up. I say <laughs> I'd fucking make one up. I don't one. have a beef with, really with Bear Grylls. Oh, oh. Um, I think my I, I I remember the first time I actually saw his show. I thought it was pretty cool. But then I started seeing these cheap 
piece of shit knives with bare grills on them. But and at first yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. fucking sure, just slap your name on whatever you can and make that money, bud. Um, but now I'm starting to realize I bet it's actually the network or whoever licenses the show or whatever who gets the money for that, not necessarily bear. So well, he I, has to get a licensing agreement. I mean, he has to get something. Yes, maybe, maybe something. Five percent of each sale of uh, every, of each five dollar knife. I, he's Sweet. not nobody. I mean, I think that he's got. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna he's gonna work out a deal. You know, they want they're they're using his name to sell those knives. I mean, he getting something. Mm. I don't think it's like the Forge and Fire knives that we get <laughs> still get emails about. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's got a clothing range and knives. everything, hasn't he? Oh, did he? Does he? He what? Yeah, he's, he's got it all going on. Yeah. A clothing range, you know, outdoor yeah. clothing, you know, and woodsman's clothing and so on. He should have he, like he a... actually. Go ahead. He lives in Wales, or he he owns an island off Wales, actually. <laughs> so he bought this island, um, and it's just him and his family living on there. Owns and an it, it made all the press because he he got these builders in, and they designed like a big like slide, you know, kid slide. But instead of going into a pool, it went into the sea, off the cliff, um, and into the sea. And like the local council complained because he didn't have building permission and all the rest of it, but um, it was like it was a big deal at the time. But yeah, he owns an island off off Wales, and um, hmm. he lives there. No, I don't think it's all round the year, but um, certain certain times of the year, he lives on the island with his kids, you, which is pretty cool. Do you think we could give him some suggestions? Yeah, obviously he can listen to this. We should give him some suggestions on other things you should sponsor. I think that maybe he wants to sponsor something because he drinks a lot of urine. And I think he probably enjoys it. So maybe he can have like a bib. Enjoys like, it. Maybe, maybe he can have some sort of wee-wee bib or like a, someone will wipe the sides of his mouth off or some sort of cup or something like something. The that could, <laughs> Something that yeah. can kind of like, the, you know, essentially, you know, efficiently, uh, you know, collect his urine in a manner that's... Is he drinking his own piss? He's drinking piss. He's drinking. Well, I hope it's his own. I thought it was like he was like extracting it from some animal. Jesus. Yeah. This isn't like a sexual perversion. This is like a. It sounds like he's situation. a colostomy bag. I used to think. I used to think that. I used Sponsor. to think. Yeah, that's right. Like like a refrigerated by Yeti. Get a refrigerated colostomy bag. Another. Gee, I seem to think. I thought he was like you know squeezing the bladder out of some like dolphin or something like that. I don't know. I thought he was getting some <laughs> drinking like animal whiz or something. Wasn't he like squeezing some camel he shit? Does. Yeah. He's drinking some, squeezing some camel poo and having a nice 30 <laughs> minutes into a survival situation. He's drinking his pets. He just loves it. I mean, yeah. isn't that the thing? Isn't that, don't you think when he films, I, that's the reason why, I mean, it's like every, oh, it's time to go take a leak. Drink up. Bottoms up. Come on, man. Ugh. You know, bring a water bottle for God's sakes or canteen or something. You know, everything's got to be about your pee. Uh, yeah, and it it is immediately, and he does it. Like, he takes the celebrities, doesn't he? Like out in the you know in the wilderness. Within ten minutes, they're drinking I mean, piss. But like, he took like Obama out, and I'm thinking he's not going to be drinking his own piss. He's going to have somebody drink the piss for him. I heard, I heard. I, you know, it's, it's, it's hilarious. He jumps out of a plane. He looks at the sun. He wipes off his he wipes off his forehead, and it's like, man, I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's hot out here. I didn't bring nothing. I didn't even take anything off that plane. I better start to pee. Right straight from the me. You gotta work on straight from the tap. You know, line his back and go right. You know, figure something out. Stop it with the bear grill. So, so there's no there's no real beef with no. With bear, then. Of no. course not. 
I mean, it's weird. <laughs> okay. He's a weird guy. I mean, the straight to the. I you can just imagine these the the production team just saying, well, "What are we going to do this time? I don't know. What do you think we should do? I don't know. I've done everything I can do. Have you been? You know, he unzipping himself. You, uh, the bear put it away. We've seen it before. What can you do? I don't know. Maybe I should pee in my own mouth. There you go. We have a TV show. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I mean, just kidding. Just kidding. God bless you. Bottoms okay. up. I am actually going to ask one more question, and it is directed at me. But I, I'm I want to know what you okay. guys think because I don't know the answer. So it says, Craig, now that you... Sorry, it's from Steve Perma. Um, Craig, now that you have your own wood um, to produce <laughs> your own handle material, <laughs> what are you looking for in a tree before you cut it down? Are there any easy ways to identify burls or spalting before you cut down the tree or to kind of look at the draw? And this is the bit that I, I want your answers on. Um, so he says, what is the process to go from just a cut tree down to a scale and block? Because I haven't actually done that yet. I'm still drying wood out. Um, so the first part of the question, he asks about um, any um, which trees would I choose? Um, straight, straight trees, um, not overly old. Old. Um, just What's old. Not, not really old. Oh, old. old. <laughs> I thought you were saying old. oiled. I was like, what? What the fucking oiled? Yeah, no, not not overly old, um, because then you'll generally get the stresses and so on. So a nice straight tree to give you a nice straight grain. Uh, with regards to bills and spalting, um, you can generally see bills from the outside, um, but obviously there could be bills on the inside as well. They'll really come with aged trees, so it depends on the kind of tree that you that that you want, what kind of handle you want. I'm quite limited in in the trees that we have in the wood. Uh, most of it is hornbeam, so you don't really get bills in that, but it's super 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 hard wood, um, and you won't really get spalting in that as well. So I don't know how you identify spalting. But um, the process of going from just a cut tree, so a big lump of wood, to a scale or block. And I know, Jeff, you've been doing a fair bit of this recently, haven't yeah. you? So I'm just, I'm just wondering how, how you're doing that. Well, we got some uh, – Tony had some landscapers basically said, if, you if you're cutting down trees and you find any burls, we'll pay for them. So we got, he got me six or seven big ones. And then I started to kind of like cut them down – cut them down um, – and then in the blocks and then try to figure out because a lot of the burl is bark. Like if you got to get really deep into it and a lot of the amount of burl you're getting with some of this wild stuff is very little. So the yeah. problem is, is I mean, my timing isn't optimal. So uh, if I had, if I had tons of time, I would, I would cut them up into blocks and then slowly get them. Sl oh, oh, I put some wax on the ends. I learned that from somewhere. I think somebody said that on the podcast once they put a little wax on the end grains and that prevents too much of the uh, splitting. Cause as it dries out, the water goes out and then it starts to split a lot. I started to yeah. kind of cut them into big blocks and then identify those big blocks. And then I put a little wax on the ends and then I dried them out in my oven until the moisture meter uh, but, but big, I wouldn't cut them into scales because they're going to turn into bananas as the water releases. So a big, give myself a tons of room. And then uh, drying them out, I stabilize them as big blocks. And then once they're big blocks, I'm going to start to kind of mill them down into scales. But it's like, you really want, I mean, I know that Jonathan Porter says that he'll spend two years letting them dry out mm. in a kind of a climate controlled room. And ultimately that is better because you're going to have less, the faster you dry them out, the more they're going to crack. Yeah. Wall right. and twist and so right. on. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I've got some that I cut oh. in January, February, 
in sort of big big blocks um sort of you know eight inch by eight inch blocks um so yeah we'll we'll see what happens with them i don't i don't know yet um but i'd imagine i'll take them to a table saw to set up a fence and just keep you know keep running this sort of half inch scales i don't think i would dry them in an oven eight by eight inches yeah, I thought about doing like getting right. big slabs, but I think because the mm. outside is going to dehydrate faster than the inside, you're going to end up with yeah, a bigger banana. Would, yeah. So I'm trying to like get them yeah. around like under two inches, like maybe, yeah, just about two by two blocks, maybe six That's inches. What you said, yeah. What'd you say? Yeah. Bear, what'd you say, Bear? <laughs> Carry on. I was trying to make a Bear Grylls joke <laughs> when you talked about your hardwood and, and identifying how wet it is, you know? <laughs> Uh, I'm actually going there tonight um, after the show into the woods to see what's happening there and see if there's anything I can take um, ready for, you know, in a year's time or so on. It's all good. But that's a show, I think. That's a show. Um, A good one. A good one. Lots of questions answered today. You didn't let Mareko answer the question, P.S. You just, like, you didn't even let him answer. I didn't. You're right. You're right. You're right. Mareko, sorry. It's okay. I don't don't Um, Do you work with... Um, you know, do, do you get like fresh green wood in and then season it, or what? What, what are you laughing at the back there? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you didn't really. I mean, you were trying to make a joke, kind of. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I, I have uh, some uh, old. Uh, what was it? Some maple that was on my in-laws' property. That it was like a hundred-year-old tree. It was giant and mm. covered in burls, and it was struck by lightning they ended up having to take the whole tree down it's been laying out in their field um for or i guess along the the tree line um but by the field for a a long time and i broke i went and took a chainsaw to it and broke it down probably about five or six years ago now and it's been kind of sitting in those large blocks under a pole barn um, it's probably plenty ready now to start breaking down into smaller blocks, but because they've been outside, I still want to be careful and keep them in larger form. Um, and probably, you know, similar to what you're doing, Craig, like eight by eight blocks and bring them. What I'll probably do next is bring them into, into the shop and let them dry even further there. Um, I know they've been that they are spalting one because I can just see it, but spalting is a, a symptom of rotting, actually. And yeah, it's a fungus. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. thing that happens naturally. You can also there are people who force spalting, especially like in alder trees, on uh, stuff like that, where they cut the tree down and they intentionally um, take the time to expose it you know, on all sides to moisture and and the elements to c- try to encourage that kind of rotting. Um, and then once you put it through, obviously the stabilizing process, that it helps make it more, uh, more of a sturdy material. Um, but it'll probably still be a long time. I, you know, I think like Jeff was saying that John Jonathan Porter said, slower is kind of as slow as you can manage to do it, the better, because uh, mm-hmm. you're gonna have less loss, less splitting, less bananas, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, and then oh, there's another part of the question about. Oh, and, and something that is when Jeff was talking about waxing the ends, I've also heard that latex paint will also help with preventing kind of like that excessive moisture loss. Um, so instead uh-huh. of leach, yeah, leaching sense. out the ends like Jeff's talking about, it's going out the sides. And uh, obviously latex, I think latex paint is a little easier to apply and get a hold of. Um, so mm-hmm. there's that's another option. Cool. 
Cool. Well, thank you, um, Steve Palmer, for asking Perma for asking the question because um, I needed to know the answer too. So thank you. That's a show. If you've got a question for us, contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that, that easy. Oh, I was a bit, I was a bit early there. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's it. That's what she said. And that's it. That's the show. So we shall speak to you again next Monday. Bye for now. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.